BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We are back in the studio. I'm bloody stoked about it, to be honest. This is uh, probably the longest we've spent outside the studio in a while. So stoked to uh, be back with an epic episode that we recorded while we were on the road in WA. Uh, today's episode is with a, an undervalued diamond in the Australian two-wheeled scene. Uh, his name is Adam Riemann. He's been around the industry for a really long time. We actually had a, uh, it was pretty cool to, to go to Adam's place in WA and um, I, I guess kind of like recount some of the history that we've got together. We've, we first did a trip together in 2010 um, for Fink. So we go a long ways back and um, definitely went in very different directions in the media game. Um, but both of us are still in the in the media game doing our thing, I guess, living the dream. Um, Adam's one of the coolest guys um, in the sport. He's so unique um, and brings such a, I guess, just a unique perspective of motorcycling. We talk about a lot in this episode, um, but he's a brilliant guy, just a brilliant guy on and off the bike. Um, and what he's created in the last, you know, 10, 15 years is, is pretty incredible. So very, very excited to bring you guys this episode. Uh, before we get into that, though, just got to give a bit of a word to our sponsors. Um, I just got a bit of a question for you, too. When was the last time that you shaved the, uh, the old quarantine bush that you're running downstairs? I pretty much went uh, the full 12 months without really doing too much manscaping. Um, Manscaped come on board as a sponsor. A perfect time for me. Um, and look, it was a good thing in the end. Um, probably need to do that same level of, uh, of manscaping above the belt as well, to be honest. Um, but Manscaped are by far the best in men's below the waist grooming. Uh, Manscaped offer precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. They're now available in Australia. Um, and this is really, really good news because we've gone... We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, to be honest. Uh, and you can be one of the first to experience their life-changing products here in Australia. Um, it's been a game changer for me, to be honest. I just It's one of those things like you just avoid shaving your nuts because you know you're going to get cut. Um, and the way that Manscaped have redesigned their electric trimmer the lawnmower 3.0 that sort of just doesn't happen anymore um it's made me want to do a bit of manscaping as you know like a regular thing the lawnmower 3.0 uh, is their new and improved trimmer it's a third generation uh, trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce those grooming accidents uh, when i tell you this is premium i mean this is premium it'll last you up to 90 minutes long on one battery um, just in case you've got some real issues going on down there uh, and the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower they've also upgraded to a 7000 rpm motor with quiet stroke technology um, and let's not forget about the charging stand you can show off your mower loud and proud um, 
because you know what? You get a girl over, she's like, oh, okay, he takes his grooming seriously. I like it. I like it. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. You can get 20% off uh, plus free shipping when you use the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. These guys absolutely were vital in making our managing up trip happen uh, not only did the boys head over there with us to help us out um, they sponsored the event they they were a big part in getting jats over there and uh and look they come in pretty handy as well when it come to getting the old 350 ready to race i uh i pretty much broke every lever at the six hour i'm not no i haven't been the best bike maintenance guy so i did a last minute click and collect shop with those guys did the in-store pickup i think i got some handguards some brake pads a new chain um yeah they really come in handy so you can do the same if you've got a race coming up you just head to mxstore.com.au uh, you can do the click and collect like i did if you're in the southeast queensland region or if you order before 2 p.m on a weekday you're gonna get same day shipping so it's pretty much like you live in burley anyway um big thanks to the guys at rival inc as well you can head to rival inc design co if you follow our Instagram at Gypsy Tales Podcast, you'll see that I just bought a 2019 Husky 125 yesterday from Port Macquarie. We're going to put jats on it for the 125 Cup. And uh, you guessed it, they will have Rival Ink Design Co. stickers. So I'm pretty excited to see the look. Got no real ideas uh, as to which direction we're going to go there. Um, but those boys always come up with something epic. If you want to run Rival on your own bike, rivalinkdesignco.com. Use the code GYPSYGOING. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Fist Handware. You can head to fisthandware.com uh, and uh, use the code GYPSYGANG to get 15% off. You can also head to their IG, run and bust it out a couple dope edits of Toddy Waters uh, and Jats at, uh, at Manji. So if you want to check out some race day footage, head over to their IG. Um, we're also brought to you by the guys at Dixon Flannel, uh, dixonquality.com.au and the guys at Crick's Tweed. I actually took their new Mitzi Express van down to Port Macquarie yesterday and um, I really enjoyed driving that van, man. Vans are, uh, I love my truck, but God, vans have got some real positives to them. Um, you can lock them up, super, super secure. Um, and the, the vans these days drive pretty well like normal cars. So, um, pretty big tick of approval from me on the old Mitzi express van. Uh, that's it from me. Thank you so much for your continued support. Sorry about the lack of podcast. Um, we went away. It's, uh, yeah, pretty hard to keep these things rolling while you're away, but, um, yeah, hope you enjoy this one with Adam Riemann one of my favorites. The dude honestly is a legend. He's done some of the most unique things that a human can do on a motorcycle. Um, and he puts it out for all of us to watch and enjoy. So thank you, Adam Riemann. I hope you all enjoy this podcast. Yeah, you were real. I'm really in your ear, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that means that you can run the audio, the mic levels a little bit lower, so you don't yeah. pick up like the background noise and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like Sam being sick. No, it's good because when I do narrative and I set up like this, I can hear the fridge going yeah. on the other side of the house. Well, like it's so it's quiet here. Yeah, yeah sensitive and yeah and yeah no, i always wondered that what what's with the hit what's with the headphones yeah mate, people you know? people always ask but yeah it's just about 
just monitoring the the audio because a lot of like for me i could do a podcast no problem without the headphones because yeah. i know i you, know the distance to, you know to what, be you know what you're dealing with yeah. post-production but yeah. a lot of people don't so you gotta yeah. do it um i think we're ready to rip we're on adam Raymond. Welcome to Gypsy Tales. It's um, it's cool. It's interesting because I think now more than ever, you I don't think you guys have ever been more true to your name, Gypsy Tales. Yes. <laughs> Just roamed around the country and extracting some tales from like-minded gypsies, I guess. Yeah, I guess well, I qualify as one. And <laughs> 100%. I feel like anybody that... Uh, lives the kind of lifestyle that we have or just you attach yourself like I, i've explained it to people as the dirt bike is like the nucleus of the atom mm. that's the thing that's at the center and then there's all these other things that orbit it yep. and you get these different uh i guess different uh, products or different atoms come yeah. off but there's a dirt bike that's at the center of it and i feel like if you have a dirt bike at the center of your atom then you have to have some form of gypsiness about yeah. you because you've got to travel into the bush or into the scrub or yeah. you know across the country to do a race or around the world to you know have your career so it was funny too like i've actually never really spoken about the name or anything but gypsy tales i text my brother in like november 2018 and i said i think i want to start a podcast eh? and he's like oh what do you reckon you'd call it and i was like probably something like gypsy tales and it was just off the cuff first thing that i yeah. i said and it ne- just never changed obviously and then generally if you you know gonna create something then it's the first thing that comes to mind and it might not sound like well really but here we, here you are however many years later it's kind of the same yeah me and, with and you build into mythology. it yeah yeah you just it becomes its own thing yeah. it's like what's an oakley yeah, I don't know exactly. what an Oakley is, but yeah. I know what Oakley is. Yeah, yeah, you know what they're branded against. No, it's it's interesting what you're saying about dirt bikes. That allow they sort of allow you to be friends with people that you may not otherwise have anything to do with. It's like you know, oh, that person's got these views and they do that, and actually they're a bit strange, but they've got dirt bikes, so they're all right. You there's know, some there's some common thing mm. that you're like there in some way we line up on one vertical yeah exactly and that's all it takes and and simply because to attach yourself to one and go through the motions and operate it and assume all the risk you are in the you know you've got the the sort of stuff that we're into and i, I it's funny how in in being a part of the the motorcycling industry how far that i feel like you know we're if you're a rider you're part of a pretty big mm. army like you can't even go out onto the freeway without seeing without the bike on ever, you. from friday to sunday in western australia i know that much mm. you can sit out on that freeway or highway and you will see a ute a trailer load mm. just van with bikes in it of just dudes doing exactly what you do and you know in in one shape or another whether it's supercross motocross enduro desert racing we're all playing with the same toy Mm. sort of thing you know what's funny in um in motocross like as you're saying that i'm i'm sort of thinking that 
if it's got two wheels and a motor, everyone's pretty accepting. Like if you're into it, yeah. like if you're into one thing, even if you're a speedway guy, you can appreciate Supercross. If you're a Supercross guy, you can appreciate hard enduro. If you're a, you know, a, I feel like because in in jujitsu, there's literally just two things: there's gi and no gi, mm. and there's just arguments constantly yeah, between yeah. what's better, what's more fun. I feel like moto actually doesn't have that. It's like actually quite a uh, like a accepting overall tribe, isn't it? It's getting better. I think... Um, well, you you live in an enduro world yeah. more, so you probably feel the prejudice than, than what I do is like the, the track rat. Yeah. You know, I think um, motocross, supercross has kind of stolen the... The limelight. The, the limelight. If, if someone's got nothing to do with dirt bikes or motorcycles, they'll know of a freestyle rider, you know, like a... Uh, a Robbie Madison or a Travis Pastrana, simply anything to do with airtime. But that's not yeah. to say that um, there's, you know, anyone in off-road and desert racing are any less involved mm. in the sport and have any less skill relative to what they're actually doing, you yeah. know. And I think guys like Toby Price have just changed that yeah, perception. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, you don't have to be... And, hey, no, not taking anything away from like guys like Sheeny and the boys out there just doing the flips and all the rest. But that um, when people say dirt bikes now, it's not just Krusty Demons yeah. that comes to mind. Yeah. It's it's Dakar. It's it's at the it's the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, and there's so much in between when you start looking at it. You know, you've got some rock stars now, like Jarvis, a 40 year old. Literally, he's Husqvarna. Is he a rock star? Yeah, yeah, rock star Husky. Yeah. I didn't mean that. No but pun, but pun, but yeah, no yeah. pun intended. But well, you even know. like Billy Bolt. You know Billy Bolt, like the young uh, UK rider. Like he's doing his enduro vlogs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And now he's getting like this really big following and he's such a cool, like he makes me want to follow the enduro stuff as well. You know, just like, his you name, are right. just Billy his Bolt. name his, is wild. His parents you know? nailed it. Yeah, totally. And who would have thought that he's just, he's, he's every bit of his name when he's on the bike. It's like, whoa, did you see that? You know, that guy's just loose, but keeping it together yeah. at a professional level. Well, and then you mix the fact that he's in like the crew with Tommy Searle and Ed Warren. Yeah. And then you've got Ed, who's like kind of like me, you know, like just a decent writer, but a media kind of guy. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, Tommy's interprets it all for everyone. Yeah. And he's just kind of there helping them do their thing. And I guess he'd be really producing a lot of what they've got going on. Yeah. And then you've got Tommy, who's. <laughs> He's one of the greatest European motocross and supercross riders, really. Yeah, and yeah. then and then Billy, who's doing the, you know, the enduro stuff. So you are you are right, actually. It is it is getting better, isn't it? Mm, totally. Um, you know, and and in that, it's more uh, there's more appeal for the younger generation coming in to not be so railroaded towards the extreme hardcore freestyle yeah. you know if you want to actually be 
if you if you want the glamour side of it, you can get that in hard enduro now. Yeah. You can be a rock star kind of rider with the trucks and all the gear and all the following and go out there and just, you know, cartwheel over some logs or whatever. Just it's 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 hard. Yeah. Um and and you know, you're going to have to throw everything at it to be that elite level professional. No different to what Oh, yeah, was only sure. ever perceived as supercross and motocross because the you know even the late 90s enduro rider was pro was very non-existent yeah they, they were they were plumbers during the week and loading their at best race plan yeah whatever but a two-stroke um motocross bike to go out there and race through the bush now it's full-scale factory enduro teams, big budgets, contracts, uh, and exposure, big-time mm. exposure. I think National Off-Road for the first time this year has finally hit national television in Australia, yeah. which is pretty good. Well, which is massive in there, mm. and the the, super, uh, the motocross has got a, a pretty solid little bit of coverage going on with, with SBS as well. That's, that's sort of always been there from yeah it comes my in my memory out. like yeah. the the enduro stuff that has really never been televised has it yeah that's right and then if you you know if if you've got what it takes and willing to just bypass the whole lot and go to a put yourself on the global stage there's there's dakar and like yeah. look what toby's been there done that and is still doing it look at chucky now mm. you know he's just all the makings of Australia's best enduro rider. He's won the six day. He can do it all. And he's just like, okay, give us a piece of this rally game. And already he's, yeah. <laughs> I think he's steering the ship for gas gas now, you know. Yeah, how Boom. crazy is that? Yeah. That was just yesterday, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the off-road world and you know ultimately it, it is responsible for a lot more of the sales of just yes. the retail you know it's yeah. a bit more of an achievable thing not everyone's just going to go out and and hit triples on their first yeah. experience of a dirt bike but you can go ride through a bush track and get the base understanding of of what off-road motorcycling is about Speaking of off-road motorcycling, we are sitting in <laughs> one of the most ridiculous properties I've ever seen, and it's only in its infancy. You've, it's so funny, like I said to you before, that if you could be dirt, if like Adam Riemann could be 130 acres of land, this is what you would transmorph into, this exact property. Uh, I've, met, I've known you for a long time now, and to see what you've built here i'm looking at you you know what i mean like it's just this is just so unequivocally adam raymond and it's honestly it's this is a special place that you've built here yeah it's it's really cool to you know to hear you say that and as i mentioned before um you would have a, a deeper and different appreciation to what this place is than most because you've sort of seen how i've been able to not so much physically build it on the ground here but but at the start of the career build the you know 
set myself up with the means to even have something like this you know it's it's not luck as you know and it's um and it's very much a a choice to put yourself out in the middle of rural sort of bush landscape and try and build a life from the ground up which is exactly what i've done you know stone by stone steel frame uh and somehow pull it all together uh as a place of business as well because i guess if you know somebody says well, a lot of people say dude you live in the dream you know well nobody who's anyone who's perceivingly living the dream is is, is grinding living hard, the grind yeah you know and i say that because um it it takes every it takes every bit of your uh you got you got to you got to choose to just go out and and chase it and see if you can pull it all together there's no i've never had the the benefit of uh this place didn't exist there was there was nothing else here you know and and it's kind of strange that um if i was to go back 10 years and think you know this is the goal this was it was just a a, a vagueish yeah. direction vision yeah i didn't know that I, I would i didn't have a plan right i'm gonna i'm gonna extract revenue from a digital platform and 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 pretty much produce content from a property out in the i i always wanted to have land how i was gonna get to that um I had no idea it was more a case of just uh it's cliche but just sort of believing in in you not so much yourself but the direction you're going yeah you know i i could have uh i could have given up on the whole um motorcycle media thing multiple times yeah and just gone you know you banging your head against a wall here it's been fun had huge opportunities experiences ridden raced all over the world but didn't make a cent for years i guess what i did make the call is that i while i wasn't investing so much in in any sort of business i'm not really a business-minded person just something underneath it all said well i guess i'm investing in a my name yeah you know and and that kind of started with the the adb thing the the motorcycle journalism with the magazines um i i sort of knew that i had a bit of an audience there because they were just reading all the shit that i wrote yeah <laughs> every month and sort of frothing and it's like well okay I'll, I'll try this now i won't go to a race with just a camera i'll get someone else to shoot it and i'll race and i'll write about it that way yeah and sort of develop this front line sort of from the saddle um you know moto journalism i guess yeah and and from that um i knew that i could do stuff and capture stuff and people that didn't really care what i was doing or where i was going they just sort of were curious as to yeah what story i'd make of it yeah and i guess that was enough to um you know 
once the once the magazine stuff was getting sort of, I, I didn't plan, I wouldn't want to be like an editor or yeah. get to the, the be a captain of any of those ships. The, yeah. the dirt action. You didn't want to do like the corporate climb. No, nah, well, it was never me. I wanted to just be on the bikes, you know. And I sort of, I sort of loved the photography side of it. And and actually, I, sh- I got to give credit to that whole experience is that um, through being involved in the magazines. I was able to learn all the technology, learn the craft, yeah. learn the craft. Yeah. and and then you know once I sort of had shuffled around and and got to a point where I was just freelancing from one to the other, it's like I sort of I sort of need my own yeah thing. Yeah, I sort of need to be able to just do my own stuff and put it somewhere. And um, that's where, you know, way back in the day, uh, it was one of those things, like you say, Gypsy Tales. I, I was sitting in an office in bloody uh, the Surrey Hills in Sydney of all Yuck. places. Yeah, with with the ex-art uh, 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 designer, 480B, Ben Tuffy, good yep, mate. Yeah. And I think we were both out of there at the time but anyway we were just brainstorming and just moto this moto trying to pull moto into some you know new funky digital online thing and there was already full noise there was already moto online there was already racerx and all those um and so it was a big big call to try and just start something else yeah and then out of the blue uh we just motology. It's a bit, bit. Science. You are, you are a motologist. Yeah, I would totally. Gi- I would give it that to you. I'd say if, yeah, if I was to introduce you to a friend, I'd say, "Hi, this is my friend Adam. He's a motologist." Yeah, like, what's a motologist? Well, you could go to my YouTube channel and and see if it see if it all stacks up. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, probably. I've even actually we'll get to that later. But it's funny because I was sort of you know have um a a curiosity about it just to go a little deeper and asking the questions and just pulling a bit more of the the romance out of motorsport yeah yeah (laughs) trying to mix you know trying to mix art with motorsport it's not not a common thing and and definitely uh i guess you know don't, don't go i guess that's been the direction that's what's yeah. made all this have any sort of you know dare i say success to this point um but get getting it off the the ground it was it was just cool to know that uh once i had a, an idea you know do i try and make a website that i can put my own stories on yeah yeah it 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 was going nowhere fast you know like it just another another new another small t- and, I, and i was very had access to all the top off-road riders in yeah. australia because i was riding with them racing with them training with them living you know just so i could get but it was various a very small sort of audience i guess and it was already being churned out by the powerhouse websites that already existed and so it it it's funny um 
I thought I I got to try something, you know, on top of this. I've got to I got to review bikes. I've got to review gear. I've got to um, you know try and add to it. Do stuff that I was doing for the magazines, but do it for me. Put it in my little corner. And I, you know, I was <laughs> had a know nothing templated website. I thought, well, I'll um, need to start a YouTube channel just as an account to put video somewhere. I didn't know about yeah, being, so you could put them on your website, yeah, yeah and then link yeah, it to yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know about being any kind of influencer or go or, 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 or like what, a YouTuber, a YouTuber. No, I just yeah. needed a. You know, I was very. You just needed a hosting site. Yeah, just somewhere to yeah. if I if I if I if I tested a helmet or a bike and I did it my way and I got it, I needed to put it somewhere and then it could play in the website, mm. and and that's all it was, right? It's all it started out as, and and I remember, um, you know, I, f- I forget what I put in first, but I forget what I put in first, but I think after a couple of goes all i could really come up with was a reman one yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah that's not taken that name wasn't taken there's that account and and okay that's it it didn't mean anything it's just now i could put that box in the website and it'd play video and so off i went trying to work shit out and i originally <laughs> originally just used the free um, I iMovie on yeah, your Mac, yeah. and the first thing I ever shot um, was just riding my push bike around Leichhardt and setting the camera up and just cranking past on the pushy and just doing some trying to understand it, you know. And then uh, yeah, it 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 just evolved to well at the time. Uh, Wonka and Grabo were going to race the Baja 1000 mm. and um, I thought well I'll, I'll go and try and piece together some kind of little snapshot video of them training and and went and did it and already had the eye for the action knew how to do all that but the the, the quality of video was, was pretty average the audio was 10 times worse and and um, but I and I sourced some music from a guy that I knew at that little studio in Surrey Hills or an upstart band trying to have a crack yeah use our tunes and I'd made this little you know musical action video of these two boys going for it and um, that's that's how it started you know and that was 2000 and 2009 yeah and uh, I, th- I think w- one thing led to another. There was opportunities to, you know, still sort of trickling along with the magazine stuff and getting invited to the odd launch and, and um, bike tests. I think by the time still quite a connected with Husky and they got us up to their launch and I thought, all right, well, I'll try and film all this as well. And, you know, you're doing everything by yourself yeah. and setting up cameras and riding past and it just kind of trained me and engineered this this method of of self capture which yes. was i guess in a way ahead of its time um i had no other choice because i couldn't afford to do it any other way yeah 100 <laughs> percent. wasn't gonna be paying for some cameraman to come out and shoot 
and uh, and I, and then I there was a certain amount of independence to it too. I was sort of like, well, I don't. All right, okay, getting the hang of this now, and and I know, I know off the start it was probably a a real like, um, you know, like oh, he's just he's just he's just gone off the rails now. The, you're no longer uh, attached to the prestige of a of Magazine, the, the big, yeah. you know, ADB or Dirt Action or that. Yeah. You're just just this gone off on this gone rogue gone rogue and you know shooting videos of himself riding a dirt bike and and you kind of and then and then it's nothing worthy of any kind of support or advertising or whatever it's just like oh the only thing i had going for me really is that i actually looked you know reasonably good on the bike i could at least mimic what the pros were doing because yeah. i was riding and training with them um ongoing anyway yeah and you know in saying that that probably that probably got me across the line um a bit too because where sort of when you do go out on your own like that and you kind of in some ways become like a a competitor inside the industry the support drops off pretty quick you know you sort of um you're not not so much in the boys club yeah and 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 the fact that i could i could say right you know grabo at the time desert king winning off road i could get these guys come and shoot a video yeah no problem we'd go and shoot yeah. a video early in the piece um toby i think one of the the first I think 2010 big, i think was it when you got that footage or was it the year before in 09 when he was pre-running no that that was all sort of magazine based stuff but when when i actually started to get this signature of of shooting these videos with pro riders and and creating these stories like you know it was i think it was getting on to 2012 2013 started to get a you know it was i was known for doing that um and it was just sort of becoming more and more accepted and not so much in the in our Australian audience, but the fact YouTube was global, the view counts just started going up and the and the the appeal of it was just sort of rising and the it, it started to become a bit of a um, you know a, a marketing platform accidentally yeah we just became this marketing platform it's like right how many bikes do you need and, and what gear do you want to run and what and and, and it, it, it just kind of started to take off and it was like anyone you know i was friends with the boys anyway yeah so they were sort of probably in, at the start doing it as a favor but then it was just like yeah man when are we making a video let's do this yeah it's funny because you know i'm not gonna go out there wasn't i was just a mid mid pack nobody in racing on the east coast and against the likes of toby and and grabo at the time and hollis and all the boys but um when it came to cameras rolling and we needed to make some shit look cool i 
could pretty much do everything that yeah. they could do and then some yeah and and they're pretty intimidated at, at times because i'd be like set up these shots and they'd sort of you know they're on their factory bikes they're on their race bikes that are dressed up they got an aorc the next weekend and 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 you know it's in it's part of their deal to 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 promote that shit and yeah. be out at any opportunity to get the the validate their sponsorship oh yeah go in one of Eamon's videos no problem and I would have, I'd have them launching up these rock sections and that. And, and, and you know, they, they sort of didn't at times were like, I'm not doing it. And I was like, come on, man. And, and you'd, I'd hit something and get away with it and then they'd have to do it. And, and we we did some cool stuff that became that, yeah. that signature of yeah. Motology films. And again, um, you know, I'm not trying to be no... Chris Hollis, Daniel Milner, Toby Price. I can shoot a video and look like I can ride. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of going and doing what they do in racing, it, that was never my thing. But um, in just that detail of the craft for the shots and looking the part, um, yeah, I knew enough about racing and bike control to pull it off and get this far with it, at least, you know. Uh, and and now the what what it's turned into in terms of the the audience and what they demand you, you've kind of got an idea what I'm talking about there uh, it's 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 a real it's becoming the biggest reason to 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 stay in the game and yeah. to, to evolve and to keep you know keep creating these stories and ideas and and it, it's on the verge of i guess being quite a cool business the youtube thing and who would have who would have thought oh uh, man the, the fact that the fact that we're both sitting here 10 11 12 years on mm. you know like when when you first started motology films i had mx daily like yeah yeah you know it was the first blog style thing yeah. in in oz and i was trying to make the cool videos like america of the racer guys and you know to think now i i had no idea could not have imagined that we'd both be sitting here like it's <laughs> it is super cool it actually yeah. it, it's funny because you know we sort of had this penciled in for a while like since we said we were doing the mandy trip but it sort of wasn't until i was here with you today and really seeing what you've built where i was just like wow man like we were two dudes in you know in fink shooting yeah, some yeah. stuff for ktm and and yeah the i guess the um i mean you've been an early adopter of the, the whole youtube thing but yeah to see what you've created and it is a you know a super viable business and nearly six hundred thousand subscribers and mm. you know you've built something special and i think um it's funny man like the at the start of what you did it, i mean i personally was looking at what you were doing and just being like man it's just weird what he does like he tells his weird stories in the, his weird way and i don't mean weird in a negative mm. just weird in terms of how different it the is. angle the yeah, perspective just, yeah but it was you like i'm weird i've got my weird shit yeah and i'm totally cool with it and you're weird too 
and you never deviated from day one no. of the weird, unique character that you are. And that got bled into your films. And I think what you said something right when we first started about people kind of following on. I think what it is, is people like to see a motorcycle through your eyes and the way that you see motorcycles because mm. you do have a way of extracting like the romance and you know you've got such a unique angle and you've got your own philosophies in your head and reasons to ride and you know you've got all of these um similar to rhino you know like he's got a lot of his own philosophies yeah, and, yeah. and the, uh, you kind of live through the bike in in a way it's like it is an expression of of who you are and i think that's what people are so drawn to and you've never changed that style from day one all that's happened is more people have caught on to it and and now it, it's not weird anymore like it's so undeniable that you know people you couldn't say like oh it's like this weird kind of thing it's like no that's him that's what he does that's his brand mm. and i think just to never deviate from the original you know the vision the way that you see a bike and the, the content you create is purely your vision the way that you see it um yeah it's it's pretty incredible what what you've done yeah it's it's interesting you know that and i i've i've known that that, that right from the start that um it's trying to trying to cross some kind of artistic you know spin into motorsport yeah is is a a bit of a, a bit of a gamble you know and and even early in the piece before i even spoke a word and when i say spoke a word before i even put any kind of narrative into the the videos i was doing um the first one that actually clocked a million hits riding the high i pulled in chris hollis and ben grabham and just some enduro stuff through the bush and and i used a full piano soundtrack and just to do it you know just like because you liked it yeah i just like the the harmony of it and the two stroke and just i don't know i just thought this is just, i just heard the song and the vision and sometimes you don't know why just you driving your car hear a song vision of yeah. rail and it comes on and the, the the combo is like oh that's gold and go out shoot it sometimes i'll shoot stuff and i've already got the soundtrack playing yeah. Yeah. and i just go i need to go out and grab the shots to fill it in try it and put it out there and, and you know i don't need to be the one to say it some of the euros have blown up about it they froth you know i think uh you you can um i'm not alone like probably in the australian mindset the australian australian motorsport racer mindset it's weird yeah you know i think uh i guess i've broken a lot of ground in that i have built this motorcycling kind my own not not a, not a collective but my own sort of motorcycling empire this yeah. place and business with really out without the need to even roll up to a start line yeah um and it's 
it's something that while I'm have been very passionate about racing and always will be something that's bothered me about the whole racing community and mindset that who you are as a person mm. and 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 your what you have to offer this world is based purely on how fast you can ride a motorcycle mm. and i just think that's bullshit you know and and there's a lot of su- such so so such passionate and interesting and and um people with so much to offer that don't quite crack that factory ride and their whole story just goes unnoticed yeah you know they really have got so much to bring to the sport of motorcycling but never get that opportunity because they didn't crack that they were just weren't marketable position they just weren't fast enough and 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 so i'm sorry mate we're not you but you and and look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say any names but throughout history there's been the fastest guys on the planet that are also boring as batshit yeah and they kind of just drop off as soon as they stop winning yeah you know and it's not that anything against their personality it's just the nature of the the um this industry the sport it's all based when it's so driven and motocross and supercross and racing in 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 general is so colorful yeah and so many products to be forced upon the consumers that they just make superheroes out of these guys that can cross the finish line first and it's epic don't get me wrong like honestly the, the 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 little underlying stories that and and I've I've seen firsthand some pretty solid examples of that you know I've spent a bit of time with Toby as yeah. the guy in the caravan park that yeah. had fuck all yeah right totally uh, that's when I first became friends with him and I've seen the rise to what he is now and so that's got nothing to do with you, you know everyone else is riding on that guy's success he mm. hasn't been made successful by clever marketing on everyone's just jumping on board the toby train and that's great so he i'm not trying to take anything away from the athletes who mm. achieve greatness but um the the ones that are second third fourth there's some real colorful individuals and and their stories will never make it to mm. um you know I guess to a, I don't, I don't want to say a platform that or a level that you're operating on or I'm operating on, but um, I, going back to what you're saying of of just staying my course, oh, I don't care what other people are doing. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to copy what they're doing to try and uh, impress their crowd. I, sure if 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 51 percent of my audience said mate you're shit <laughs> i probably would have backed out of it a long time ago yeah but it got to a point with youtube where and i say youtube because that's what that's my biggest thing that i've created yeah. and an audience so to speak but it got to a point you know i was pretty sensitive at the start to it's the like this feedback guy, and the criticism. Yeah, so. yeah, because you, mate, as soon as you put yourself online, oh, it's pretty wild. You, you know, you you put your voice 
online, you put your face online, you are just putting yourself out to the world of criticism. You're and basically putting yourself up on it. You're nailing mm, yourself to a cross. Right, let's have it. And what then, do you got? Yeah. And it comes in in all forms of... And some people are really Ugly. clever and yeah. really nasty and yeah. they just... They, they, they monitor a couple of videos and they suss you out a bit and they go, right, boom. And you, Hit him in the and heart. And it does and it, quite, and it quietly puts you off your game in your little corner and, and, and if you let it. And I, when I was younger and, and getting going, I sort of would, would think about that shit and oh, I've blown that. That's, I've had a million views and, and, and 1,500 positive comments and then one will get through and it'll be like, oh, jeez, I fucked that up, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're never going to please everybody. And, and I sort of started to, well, I'm, I'm just glad I, I, I hardened up to that stuff pretty quick. Yeah, that can be make or mm. break, huh? It, it sort of can if, if you, you know... And and it's sort of it's interesting because the, the the older you get, the less you care about that stuff. Um, but the more aware of the bigger picture you are, mm. and and what you sort of you know need to who you need to keep on side, and and but the whole um, style and signature, yeah. I used to read all the comments. It's like shut up I, there was some early in the piece when i started putting narrative and telling stories over the video and you get some comments straight out going just shut up and ride the bike mate they loved the action you know and they could never really take that away but it, the storytelling and then it's funny because the aussie accent mm. in to australians is just like you know when you you know when you know we've all born and raised on hollywood blockbuster movies as kids through the television yeah our our whole impression of of what a, a megastar is as an american, american. Yeah. you can do it you can be a badass like they're yeah, just yeah. so right wow they blow us away right and then there was this era where uh aussies through their doggedness and having a crack made it into hollywood and this cast and crew a new movie had come out and everything's going wild and they're in these you know scenes and all shit's going on and then you amid all the american banter and the holly you know you'd hear some this aussie accent come through and it'd be like what that doesn't sound right dude you're you're not a Hollywood superstar. Get out of there. You can't. It, it's that Australian kind of. Um, they love the underdog. Yeah. But if you actually crack it and you're there, they sort of want to cut you down. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. that like tall poppy thing. Yeah, have a go and do all you can to get there. Yeah, but once. But you're as there. soon as you do get there, they're like, oh no no you you know you you're just a you're just a dumb ass like us you don't you shouldn't be up there yeah and um yeah I, I guess in in this motorcycling sort of um you know theatrical moto video platform that i've created and and some early days yeah it was sort of like oh, i i, I c 
couldn't watch any of my videos after I did them. Mm. I'd just upload it and go, oh shit, don't want to look. Just let it go. And and generally those ones where, you know, like what you're talking about, what's he on with this? Where's he going with these weird stories? And, uh, and they proved to get the most views, yeah. get the most interaction. And, and again, the Euros loved it and it just went full circle to the point where if I don't talk I on don't, it, don't, yeah. they, um, they don't get the same reach, the same connection. And, and I just kind of uh, let the audience, the greater audience be the guide for the, the content now. And I, and I sort of try and, you know you mature and you get i've never had any training you know and there was a a point there where people are going you need to get whoever to narrate your videos you know you're shit at it sort of thing and it's like well i'm not going to pay someone else to tell my story you know yeah (laughs) so i'm doing it uh i don't know unsubscribe or go watch some other video you don't nobody's making you watch this shit i get all the time they're like oh very unprofessional yeah yeah and i was like at what at what point in this video or like audio that you're listening to has anybody said anything about me being professional yeah i am just a dude that has a microphone and some cameras and i put it on the internet like i don't (laughs) there's really nothing past that here and it's kind of the same thing for you it's just like hey watch it or don't watch it it's yeah. fine either way and if enough people don't watch it i won't make any money i'll have to get a job the videos will slow yeah. down job done but at the same time you can't even say that don't you know no you're not uh, you're not allowed to comment on you know yeah you're yeah. putting it out there it's like they can say they can come back and say well if you don't like the comments, stop putting shit on the line for us to abuse, you know, on the yeah, line for yeah, us yeah, to yeah. criticize. That is true. So it, it sort of goes both ways. And, uh, it, mate, if the manufacturers start saying no, then you've got it wrong, you know, like it's because, um, uh, interestingly enough, last year, the lockdown year, the screws got tightened on everything and Mm. and um you know i thought well it it, it, it's is this this is going to test it this is going to test what i do what i've built what i've built yeah you know and um there was more to it than that you know i sort of had a for about 10 years there you could have been forgiven for thinking i was uh on the KDM payroll you know mm. I've shot that much stuff and all my I think I got a I did a KDM 300 EXE video it's got 25 million views really yeah and and you know that was the best marketing spend KTM's ever done. ever done that yeah. year yeah for for how much they contributed and it's not undermining yeah, yeah, yeah it's just yeah. like well that's yeah. smart by them like that's what they want they want something that yeah, blows up it's just perpetual yeah i don't even have to touch it and it's just out there in the ether churning out a quarter of a million views um a month it's insane isn't it just out there kdm 300 exe extreme transition and seven minutes long um and and so i i I was on right at the sort of 
getting into the you know the the peak of my concept and understanding of what you were yeah Yeah, and 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 formula for youtube and 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 whatever and and tying it together with sponsor products and and racing you know too i thought um i still kind of as a byproduct to it all have access to these bikes that feature in the videos and can also actually fulfill my hobby at the same time yeah set up these products to expose and promote in these videos and then oh look we've got a perfectly race ready kdm 300 sitting there and leave the cameras and i'll go do a race this weekend you know it's all part of it because you you, you're being that physical represent representation of yourself out in the field putting your money where your mouth is and yeah i think i think that's probably one of your greatest strengths and i think it's funny on on our end where like we've got you know we've essentially got a filmer now that that is with us and we're starting to put out these videos constantly Mm. and people it's funny you get the vibe that people think that's a new thing for us and it's like nah this is like 20 years like this is this is all we do this is all we've ever done yeah yeah but i've just never put this on the internet because i i i always respected always respected how hard you worked on filming yourself i couldn't do it you understand i could not do it man even now i've shot i've shot every rider that you could think of yeah i cannot go and film myself like i just don't have that level of dedication to, to the to that craft and you you know you've you live it and you've mm. always been so down to put in that extra yards to, to film yourself. But I guess the point I'm trying to get at is maybe the, the I think the reason that it shines or you've done so well is that you just live it. And I, I mean, we live it. Mm. We, it's just something that we haven't really been putting out there as much as because we didn't have the means to do it. I certainly wasn't going to film myself. I just wanted to go and do my ride yeah, and, yeah. and leave. But, you know, it's a it's real. Like what you're, you cannot fake what you do and like your love for the sport and there's no way someone could watch your channel and just be like oh this guy's just doing it for the views or you know yeah it's good that you know you understand the complete background of it and appreciate i would i would watch you at these bike launches filming yourself and just go fuck all that (laughs) (laughs) like i just don't want any part of it the the launches is just a quick stuff anything at a motocross track or whatever and and generally i'm working with another rider yeah anyway but in terms of taking that taking that to the most um how can i say uh extreme level has been the the moto nomad series and which is just remarkable like honestly that what you've done and some of the trips that you've been on and to film yourself through those trips like it's gonna i think too i was gonna sort of say it before the um there's just this point of undeniability where like you could go and shoot in your style people could copy the way that you do the voiceover people could copy the the style of shots and the filming yourself and 
fuck me dead not that many people are willing to go the lengths that you are to get a shot but and it was always like that Mm. like there is stories that you know like i'll talk to wigan and you know he'll mention you or streeter those boys will talk fucking reaming we were on this one shoot we'd been given this brand new du- it was the only one in australia this wr what and then fucking reaming goes and he rides it through this creek and up this thing we told him no and you know like it's it is just in you like what you do is just in you whether there's a camera there or not yeah that that side of it um definitely i got a bit of a re- reputation you do the, have a, a yeah, reputation and, and sure if you want if, if you want to start concerning yourself about bent subframes and, and, and <laughs> like, so be it but honestly some of the some of the some of the 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 shots and the footage and the collective films that have gone out like for the expense of a bike the marketing yeah. potential and 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 the money the actual well just the experience the, like like put 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 the bike in a crusher and throw it in the bin it's it's just it's living there it's forever, just yeah. surpassed pretty much every marketing campaign that you guys have come up with you yeah know? and i'm not trying to be no, it's it's true. Like but it's just the numbers are there. The numbers are there, and 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 you don't get that. You you, you can't achieve that unless you you go to those really? links to yeah. create something different. And it shit, it doesn't always go right. You know, it's like it's like it's like say um, one of the you know radio radio whoever some factory team rider. It's like them having a big off at, during a race and, and, and they come back and say, how dare you crash our bike? Like, what are you thinking, dude? Yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> I'm not just undoing it off the off the back of the ute and kicking it off on the freeway yeah, and letting, yeah. watching it cartwheel down the road, a funny ha-ha. Actually got a specific task and, and if we pull it off, they're all high-fiving and claiming it as their own. Like, yeah. look at this shit, that's our bike. That looks so sick. Yeah. And when it doesn't go right, then it's your fault. and yeah, then it's a subframe and plastics and frame and whatever. It's they're like, oh, the fucking Raymond, he's just wrecked our bike and whatever. <laughs> but it's just the nature of the game. And but you know, just on that, they've and getting back to that um, long-term succession of films and and projects with KDM, it, it just got to a point where they they just never said no to any idea I had. Yeah. And it just evolved to like, well, Moto Nomad, for example, I just, the, the, the YouTube got planted the seed. Like, okay, I got this audience that wants to, are watching the videos that I create and they're getting it all for free. And I'm putting in a lot of work and I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And, and they kind of don't really care what I'm doing. They just want to see how I do it, like what you're talking about. And I had this, uh, had this idea once it sort of came, sort of evolved out of, um, uh, well, a bit of a, a, a falling out with my old man early, early days. And, um, long story short 
as as a as a means to sort of recuperate lost ground between my father i we had this idea that well, you know we should just jump on a plane and and go and uh go and do a trip together yeah nothing to do with motorcycles just just catch a plane it, it wouldn't matter the destination was irrelevant just spend time together as father and son and and it just procrastinated and, and like, oh, this year and oh, this year. Yeah, no, yeah, too much yeah, on. yeah. And it was 2012 and he was sort of on his way to retirement and, and had all the time in the world to go and do whatever. And I was just really in the grind. And he, and he said, still in that crossover between um, trying to get this video thing off the ground and, and still feeding off the the journalism freelance scraps from whichever magazine I could still get work from, you know, it was sort of half, half. Yeah. And it was right at the time of Fink and, and, and he, he goes, Oh, so June, we're going to, let's go to India. I've always wanted to backpack through India. And I'm, I'm bang up for all of that. Like wouldn't, whatever. But I just thought, nah, June's no good for me. It's, it's Fink. I've got to, I've got to shoot. I've got to be out there. I've got to, you know, the deal. And then, so I just thought, actually, no, I can't keep putting this off. I'll just try and make, you know, utilize, try and make a, a, a work out of it. And then, all right, well, maybe we'll, we'll get some bikes in India and do a little bit of a ride, you know? And, and I don't know, and it just evolved and one thing led to another. And, um, by the time we got to india i had these two little 150cc trail bikes purchased by a guy over there and we'd we'd mapped out this monumental four and a half thousand k journey through the himalayas and my old man had ridden a road bike once or twice 30 years prior he had nothing to do with bikes he didn't it wasn't his thing but he could physically move one from there to there yeah and so um we we sort of hit the ground running in in delhi and uh i'd since acquired some bits and pieces you know helmets and helmets he's like well, we're gonna need them i was like you know because when you look at india everyone's on scooters and yeah, bikes. they're, they're yeah. not wearing helmets yeah, so i was yeah. like dad no this is we're going out there yeah we're going out there and and yeah fast forward a few a week or so in and you know we're at five and a half thousand meters just leveled on the ground in these mountains of lay like the highest altitude i think highest altitude city or highest altitude road in the world really not getting it wrong sort of thing and i modified the carbies on these little bikes to just keep going up and up so we could keep the show on the road and I sort of documented the whole thing long story short I made this cover mount DVD called Himalayan Hero for for Dirt Action and that that sort of got me through yeah right you know, I was like they they paid us for it and it was like it's, I think that was the most money I'd ever made out of holding a camera yeah <laughs> it took a lot to actually piece it together but what I'd learnt with pissing around with youtube was the first sort of feature film yeah and it was had this f air of 
public, you know, pub, published by another yeah, party. It was yeah, cover mounted. Yeah. It's like, wow. And it, to this day, some people think it's the best adventure bike over the other ones. Anyway, we did it, ran its course. That was that. But I thought. How was that with you and your dad? Uh, did it help the relationship? Well, we. Um, yeah it's it that's a it's a just a whole story in oh, itself. It's, yeah it's 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 a it's a hard one he um he he got onset of uh mesothelioma six months after we got back he never felt the same when we got back and and um he uh six months after we returned he just thought oh what's going on he went in and um, basically, had fluid on the lung. Doctor said you got me so thelioma, you'd be you'd be dead in eighteen months. Really? Yeah, just next. They they've seen it all. They know yeah. it. That's this is what it is. Where have you been? What have you done? What did you do forty years ago? Oh, help a mate put up an asbestos fence, uh, just cutting it with yeah. saws and you know. Back then, they didn't know what no, they, they didn't did. know. And um, yeah, and that 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 i guess going away a bit from our relationship but what what the you know you think you can correct mm. a, a a lifetime of of whatever that relationship may be in a month by doing something epic and yeah um no there's no there's no correction for there's no undoing of mm. lost time you know yeah it, it um, it was a pretty tough ride, not just the ride, but you know, sort of. Geez, in India, they they only have double beds in your in their in their hotels. In the hotels, yeah. And and you know, we're sort of doing everything as a as a little unit and it's Siamese hard and twins almost. It's like Jesus, and 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 you <laughs> sharing a double with your old man in. in monsoonal conditions you know hot and just you're hungry you're tired you're everything you're angry you altitude sickness you're emotional and, and a month straight together father-son conflict yeah. like it was yeah it was was heavy it was really heavy and and but there are some moments in there that were just like mm. life changing experiences and and uh, you know through the himalayas you can't not be you know you're on, on, in another planet seemingly you've yeah. never seen and to to just have those little few seconds here and there looking across and you're with your dad and yeah and and you know all all differences aside just that you know we, we had that and you can't take that, that away nah. ever you know we got we did we got we got that out of it and there's so much to this story like i i have no memory of of my mum and dad together they they went their separate ways when we were i was ruby's age yeah right yeah so this time yeah you see ruby and ayla there yeah it's like i'm that's a long time i'm just out of the picture now yeah and so um yeah that the i always knew who my dad was there's no question there 
and he'd sort of you know he'd started another life i've got yeah other, other brothers yeah um and uh same with my mum she met another guy and we got other brothers and sisters on that side yeah um, but i only actually have one older brother same mum same dad yeah and um yeah we just uh i guess the long and short of it all we just had st- stability and yeah in two wheels yeah well i <laughs> was bmx's you know we'd... yeah i was just thinking that that's probably um it's probably a lot of the reason that you've that moto nomad like mm. that nomadic lifestyle and you know relying on your yourself, yourself essentially yeah. kind of it gives context in a way not that you're a super i guess open public personal kind mm. of guy but kind of does give a bit of context to the style of what you create you know there's a lot of you in that by the sounds of it yeah it's um very much so <laughs> uh i guess yeah motorcycles were were really really kept me gave me something that to, was your north through everything yeah through all the the shit and and you know i don't i don't want this whole yeah, podcast no, yeah, to yeah. go that way but to pick it up from you know a 15 year old i just um i got a you know good job as a checkout chick and here there just resourced what i could to get my first dirt bike and and was was then in like independent at a level that i i I had never you know it it was something something that was everything was gonna everything was gonna be fine you Mm. know because it was just i could just remove myself from literally like remove myself from situations by just hopping on that thing and fucking off Mm. and and i sort of did that as a bit as a kid um and ended up at friends houses and and just living with friends and and, yeah and this kind of roaming thing and you don't know any different you just yeah when it's that young you don't have any money you 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 just your your friend's parents kind of are aware more than what you realize and just sort of yeah, make so it like true. it's normal I yeah you know, had a had about a i think i had a two-year sleepover at a, at a yeah. mate's house, you know through it's all through school and shit like um but the bikes were the yeah i always had this sort of selfishness towards prioritizing bikes yeah because from a young age they were they became this you know didn't matter how bad things were just as long as there was one there that i had one there was a level of independence that that came with it yeah and you could you could get to where you needed to be and and it's funny because the you're right like the, the 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 moto nomad style and that first one especially um, just going back to the the Himalayan trip with the old man. Once we finished that film and that ride, that that was the 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 the, the defining moment. Was like right, 
I'm going to do this again. I'm going to do it properly. I'm going to get a mate that can actually ride and we're going to do it on proper bikes. And I think, yeah, it was the next year. It's the following year. Well, from that point when I got back, I had enough pull in the in the moto game to, to sit down with a Jeff Leesk and, and get in touch with the factory and just go, right, we, I want to... I said, what's the most, I'm going to start from a point, KDM factory, Austria. What's the most significant landmark in a radius from there? And I just was looking at it going, right, pyramids. Okay. Mm. I'm going to ride from the KDM factory on 500 EXEs to the pyramids. And I wrote up this proposal and I put pictures in and I really made it like, I shoved it in front of Leesky and, and I'd done a lot of stuff and he'd, he'd long set me up with bikes and it was always sort of, you know. He always had your back. He, he did and, and, and one thing I respect about that most is that he also had that whole, he's at the pinnacle of yeah. the, you know, not that he thinks that way, but he knows the game thinks that way that you're nobody unless you win in races. Yeah, because so he's been there. Yeah, so why... Why invest so this to this level of KDM's resources to just some dude that wants to fuck around and make a video riding bikes around the place? Yeah, and he always made it happen, and um, and the it didn't it wasn't happening. It for a long time it was just like the factory were just like what you want you what you, no you can't. You can't do that. You can't just do that. You can't just ride a bike with from one country into the Middle East. There's there's things. There's can't. There's all this stuff, and they they kind of didn't want to know about it, and it almost didn't happen. And then luckily, there was some adventurer visiting, some person from the KDM factory visiting Australia that was doing a bit of a ride, and they stopped in uh, at. KDM when they were in uh, WA and um, Leesky just or, or Greg Chambers the original yeah. marketing manager you know Greg yeah. he he put it you know just coordinate like sat him down this is what we're trying to do what's the story here and this guy just took one look at it and goes oh this is it you just need to do this 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 and this and next thing they, they had this work experience dude that had just conveniently come to the factory for work experience and all they did was just go right you need to make this happen and he the one guy that we were dealing with when we were there didn't even work at the factory he he was like the work experience guy but he did it all he set up the carnets. He made. Yeah, he got the right yeah. of passage for two 500exes to make their way through um europe cross into hungary bulgaria turkey egypt this stack of paperwork shoved it in the bikes it's all go wow the bikes are here flying you know it's on and then it from from not happening it was just all happening and then three weeks out from flying to austria and um, meanwhile, I, I, I 
I had this concept. I needed a companion. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I I hit it. I, I didn't bother with any of the pros. The pro dudes. They yeah. are my mates anyway. But like, they just got schedules and yeah, they're not. They're not. They can't take their time out. I needed someone who could operate at that level, but was no longer connected. And and um, I remember out of the blue, Mark. Portbury, Ports, he was a top 10 Aussie off-road guy. He had a good crack. He's raced the six days, just a fun dude. Like, And I got along well with him. And he's just messaged me on Facebook out of the blue because he'd been seeing all the YouTube videos. Yeah, right. And he just, out of the blue, just a friendly message. He's like, man, the videos you're doing are sick. Love it. If you ever need a property to ride out in Vico, if you ever need some help on a film, whatever, just let me know. And I was like boom cop this <laughs> and just spelled out this monumental seven country expedition on 500 exes from austria to egypt and you know careful what you wish for sort of thing and yeah he was in right we got the bike sorted three weeks out from actually kdm funding it well there wasn't much involved they just had to supply a couple of bikes and i think they paid for our flights that was it yeah done that's all we needed had backpack camera gear some stuff moto gear like no idea no adventure gear nothing just fox helmets goggles shift jersey just some jack scott jackets or something it's no idea but didn't matter we needed to look like needed to represent what my youtube audience was there's no way i was going to go down the twin cylinder yeah charlie ball you know the the long way around right like that yeah, just wasn't yeah. us and then um it all turned to shit in syria all the transportation across the um the mediterranean was cut off there's physically no way i could book a ticket or any kind of transport from turkey across to the middle east unless we rode around there's no i i, I was ignorant but i knew enough that we couldn't ride through syria because <laughs> that yeah. was the when all the bad shit was going down and uh i wasn't gonna not go yeah and so i just thought well we'll do this we'll just jump on the plane go to the factory we'll get on these bikes and we'll we'll go we'll, we'll ride to the coast of turkey the border of syria and see what we can pull off see what we can work out on the ground because i i tried everything i tried getting all the ferries had stopped to cyprus no because there was warships in there it was yeah. it was a hot spot of the planet at the time for conflict yeah and, and in you know in my ignorance i was just all about the film and i all i'd done was google earth regions that i wanted to ride to to film us riding through this epic shit the adventure would just incidentally write itself around that and um yeah we got there and there's these <laughs> two 500 exes just sitting there got the big tanks on they did some oil changes we fashioned up some 
racks and stuff and real ba- real proper not nomads like more like gypsy proper gy- <laughs> thongs and shit just strapped to the outside not even not adventure riders we were just like these motocross gypsies more more or less <laughs> the, the moto nomad we, we fit the name as the series went on yeah the yeah first you grew one, into it yeah the first one was just like really raw real yeah moto gypsy is probably more of a fitting term and 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 we and we took off already had my 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 you know formula dialed tripod gopro bought this shitty chinese drone crashed it many times just trying to you know just content content every day capturing what we did and uh, made it down to turkey crossing turkey is a transition of where where europe transitions to the middle east Mm. you've still got all the major road networks of of an infrastructure and modern feel of europe but then the this the skin color the the whole the whole food everything turkey is just culturally it starts to it's a massive shift and 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 you know the, the the religious side of it big time you really start to get yeah. you know you start to get the call to prayer on the microphones during the day and all that starts to happen you know you're you're now in the middle east middle eastern gateway and which which would i mean i've never been to the middle east but i assume that you would feel like you're taking a bit of a step back in time even yeah when you get to the because of the history it's mm. huge it's 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 amazing it's got a it's spectacular it's it's so far from what we know because our history in australia is so short 200 years yeah yeah um but the thing was and it's one of those one of those points in in you know i felt between those countries that we passed we'd start austria uh hungary romania bulgaria captured a bit of content some cool stuff coming down through turkey got cappadocia like did all this cool stuff and it was sort of like well i'd given into the fact that okay this is probably where it ends we'll loop around the coast and go up to greece and maybe do an enduro and try and give it some kind yeah, of climax. yeah make something out of it some kind of moto-y climax you know yeah yeah complete the arc but i thought just go just go to the border of syria there's this town called iskenderun this shipping town and it was 30 k's from um the the capital there of of syria that was copying it big time and the closer we got to this joint like a few hundred k's out the traffic just stopped so we were pointing south on this major highway through the center of turkey and we had it to ourselves and and pretty much got to a point where there was no traffic on the road we were were, were, you're going in the wrong direction it was like yeah nobody's going this way and then the only sign of activity just started to see big kick-ass military choppers flying overhead um and i can sort of liken it for you guys to imagine after you've crossed the Nullarbor, you roll into Bunbury and there's tanks parked on the corners of shopping centres and, and 
this military presence was something we'd never as Aussies experienced and seen firsthand before. And and this was nothing. This was just the start, the start of it. It was still fairly life was as normal once we got to the town itself it was busy as people getting their hair cut and hairdressers yeah. people shopping but soldiers soldiers and and tanks and you know what does that need a new card Yeah, this um, <clears throat> we're, we're basically going in a, a direction. We it's it's funny, you know. You nobody's telling you you can't do it, so you just keep going. Everybody's it's like technically saying, you can, right? Yeah, there was no there was no physical roadblock saying don't come in here. Yeah, so we just went, but everybody living there just got well away from that that corner of turkey we got down there and for three days one thing led to another and and the the you know nobody's we're in we're in just the most not not isolated but in terms of well off the tourist map mm. nobody has any reason to communicate with Westerners, Aussies speak English. It was very difficult. Um, and we had uh, got a hold from this hotel in Cappadocia where all the balloons, you see in the Cappadocia, the balloon, air ballooning in these sandstony spirals. It's it's a pretty iconic place yeah, of Turkey. Uh, it's wild. It's fairly heavy with tourism. We explained to this guy in the hotel what we had planned to do. And so he's just like, okay, he rang ahead, spoke in Turkish to some dude and th th just one of those wacky situations where things were fum not falling into place but massively fumbling into place. And you're sitting, mm. you're sitting out, like the dumb luck. sitting out the front of these places waiting for paperwork for hours, not even knowing if they even know what you need yet. And um, the customs process and just pulling it all together uh one thing led to another and we put our bikes on a a freight ship as cargo with trucks and that so the all these trucks that were because of the conflict in syria the trucks that were otherwise delivering goods to iran couldn't go through there they just get shot to pieces so they put them on these cargo ships and ferried them around to Egypt and then they'd sort of cross over from there. So our bikes got loaded in just like a truck <laughs> and we got put on this flight. There were, we didn't even have tickets. Oh, we just got, that would have been so sketchy. We, yeah, we were just on a list that they called out our names. Oh. There was no actual ticket. 
And the bikes went three days before gone. We had to just hang out in this corner city in Turkey for three days uh, and wait for this flight. And uh, it it happened, you know, like we just got up at 4.30 a.m. from a hotel, got a taxi ride out to this out-of-the-way airport that was just closer to the, the danger zone, you know, and you're driving through checkpoints and more military and it was starting to... the. Yeah, the risk and the danger of the city, you know, what were we really doing was starting to become more obvious and we no longer had that independence of our own bikes and yeah, transport. Yeah, yeah. Get on this plane and then flew to Alexandria, landed in Egypt and just walked out of that airport like like it was nothing. There was no, they didn't check us for anything. We got pulled up at the door, not not scanners, nothing, just the door by some dude that because it was just such a such a automated thing that they, oh, yeah, it's the next lot of truck drivers, the next lot of truck drivers. Hold on, what are the who are these two bloody white-legged dudes in thongs with with fox helmets through their arms? You know, weird. They pulled us out, and <laughs> you got any? I think he said, "You've got. Have you got any guns or bombs?" And I looked, are you serious? Do we look like we have that? And, you know, at that level, they sort of spoke English. And we're put on a bus and we just thought, this is just too easy. We're on this bus to, uh, what was the name of the port? Ports, ports, ports said we, we had to do a two hour drive from Alexandria to the port where the bikes were. Yeah. And that, that was just that was when shoot time was being burnt up we thought it, it's not going to happen we were basically just treated like like dirt because we couldn't speak the language we had to stay in this hotel like multi-level hotel with no one in it tourism had, it was gone tourism was gone it was abandoned and um the, it, it was just the most uh you know we we were safe to a certain degree but when you when you're surrounded by and, and and the the actual military presence in egypt was tenfold higher really? yeah because they they had a lot more going on in cairo there was a whole uh, ousting of the government and, yeah and, yeah yeah and anyway long story short it took us three days to get those bikes out of there and uh i i just thought you know we've we've come this far we're we're burnt up quite a few days but we were it had happened we were actually in egypt from not even knowing if we could be in that country and just finish the ride going out to greece or whatever yeah we ended up in egypt got these got these bikes out of the the shipping customs it took us three days of just catching taxis back and forth to the joint and sitting sitting in the sun getting no answers and and having to pay all this money and not really knowing what was going to happen and then finally there they were just covered in dust sitting in the corner of this compound with our boots and our gear just taped to it and we just geared up and we we wanted to be on the road to to get into cairo it was like 200 k's away we didn't get out of there till like six o'clock 
and we just sort of thought we knew enough that we we needed to not be on the on on the bikes in in the you know outside of daylight hours and then yeah we just started legging it and then it just started we hit a military checkpoint and then it was a it was a much more real aggressive situation down there where they're just finger on the trigger as you're approaching and 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 like this was all new to us and this was so normal for them but new to us and and the only mate i i I wouldn't i would have felt in so much more danger if we were in a car yeah really yeah because when you're on a bike they can see your hands yeah the strap to a bars you're not gonna just all of a sudden pull something on them there's no bombs you're that you doing it hard yeah. they can see that you 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 know it's like what what do you you're not a threat you're so much less of a threat you just look crazy you just well <laughs> you, you, you look crazy like, not dangerous it's funny you know like the the military in general once they pull you up and they suss you out they sort of you know I, I would always just rip the goggles off straight away and just make eye contact with the most senior guy that i could work out was was in charge of the whole scenario you know and generally they were the most educated and they spoke english and then the passports had come out they'd i had it i had a system where i'd I'd get jocks and just toiletries and stuff and put that at the very top so every time they unpacked my bag and wanted to look in there i'd just start pulling jocks and tooth packers underneath i had a drone i had yeah stuff yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah. you know stuff that they'll lock you up they can lock you up for a lot less really but yeah like there's probably not as bad back then but given the situation we were going into as 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 like a perceived we didn't look like mm. any sort of journalist but we're carrying gear Journalism that could equipment. expose what was going on and they they weren't to know they didn't know what story we were spinning i was just making a dirt bike adventure film but they didn't who's to say i wasn't trying to get in expose corruption who knows you Mm. know you see some pretty bad stories about it and it was and you know carrying hard drives of of Mm. stuff and it just stuff that really and of course there was no no communication between the checkpoints so we we cop this every every, time. every 100k's finger on the trigger pull up oh explain our whole show go through it again try and pull it off we didn't get into cairo till 11 o'clock that night and oh. and by this stage you're squinting and, and, and the whole place is dust dust off the roads dust off the trucks the big overpasses and that there's big potholes that go through to the ground steel reinforcing and you're hitting this like like hitting a square edge at 100k an hour on on the on the freeway between trucks in the dark you know trying to just move with the traffic and and it's just we ports and i talk about it's not very i think the gopros had run out of battery by that stage and we've got a few little things but there was that point of desperation to find a safe house and by safe house i mean a a hotel that was just going to accept us as foreigners we were in these roads coming into cairo among the the movement of very only three weeks before they had a you know 
a kind of a, a, a an um like a civil like a military war. coup kind yeah of thing. and they yeah. they overruled their own government they, yeah. there was footage of them pushing police vehicles off the overpasses like the and 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 that tension was still there and we 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 kind of were hidden by the night mm. you know they didn't we're just on 500 exes just blasting in tandem with all the trucks and the shit just going into the guts of the 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 aftermath of that war zone to a degree and pulling in with i forget what it was it was a major hotel chain right next to the pyramids and lit up by lights and it's like dude there it is we've we've, we've got to get there we've made it to giza you know giza's like the offset town and yeah and and in all that when you you know for an hour there it was a game proper a game at best of your ability as a rider to just be doing that tired in the dark and the dust and we're just in these really really bad dangerous roads and no one and, and among th- hundreds of trucks and cars and shit and they they're all over the place and we did it we pulled into this hotel in in Giza and just the relief of of a like a porter yeah just approaching us not to with a gun yeah not to go through our shit but just to help us into a uh you know this safe house but I'll, I'll never forget it we got we got in there you know it must have been close to midnight by that stage and and just just offset to the glow of all the hotel and all the car park the spookiest grandest silhouette of the great pyramid in the dark but just lit from the the city it was just burnt into my memory and, and pretty haunting because it's something that you'd seen on TV as a kid all your life. It's something that you'd seen in movies and it just had this. And that after going through that and, 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 and make that, that a, I, don't th- I don't think you'd call it an achievement. Like, like staying alive isn't as so much an achievement as it yeah. is do- like a... I, I don't know. It was just a really... It's just like this hardwired oh, thing in your yeah, DNA. Yeah. The uh, relief of, of being alive. Yeah, of, of of getting... Switching off your A-game and just being back to a... Like, okay, we're, we're, we're okay now. And then just this, whoa, look at that. And um, yeah, that's probably one of the... Mo- if, 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 if we could have somehow captured that to put in the movie as well it was pretty powerful but it's one of those one of the many situations that happened over the month-long film that isn't caught on camera Mm. that people don't see the the grind the 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 danger the i don't know the shit you put you the the situations you put yourself in to go and try and bring these ideas to life you know didn't um i remember uh someone was telling me it was either you or andy wiggin was telling me maybe you were telling me that someone like took your bike or one of the bikes and like rode off with it it's and said, all like oh we'll get it's all in the it's, it's, it's in the all film, in yeah. the movie yeah 
And, and mate, I, I don't want to make this any kind of shameless plug. This is nothing more mate, than a token. everybody needs to. Than a token of, of my, here's the trilogy. Oh, I cannot Take wait. it home. If you've got a DVD player, that's all three. I'm buying one Every. for this. <laughs> I think that the, so for those that are just listening and not watching the video, um, and for those that can see this particular video, the, the cover shot of Moto Nomad is Adam on a 500 EXC standing on the pegs doing a wheel stand in front of the pyramid. The and great... Pyramid, the great pyramid. The big one, yeah. And it is one of the most fantastic images on a motorcycle that I've ever seen. And it will be very, very hard to replicate. <laughs> I don't... You know, given the explanation of how we got to that point, um, when, you'd, when, you, when you get that close to an idea coming to fruition and, and, and just that image, right? That's so. And that's worth it. It it is worth it, but it, it was still we, we we thought we'd made it. It's like the oh, great pyramids right there. We're in a hotel. We're alive. Like yeah, this is after after from the whole uncertainty of even being in Egypt, and, and then that that two hundred k run through the military checkpoints to get there. We thought it's easy street. <laughs> we get up the next morning do the the breakfast thing and we we were the only westerners probably in cairo giza at the time there was probably that wasn't like a war journalist or something like that yeah unless there was a war floating around and even that would have been rare. the tourism was decimated and we saw it firsthand because when which makes locals desperate desperate in a way that we've you couldn't understand unless you experience, unless you were put yourself in it, and and it was quite scary in its own right. And and the only reason that shot happened is because we slipped through the cracks in in what was a really volatile and desperate time for the tourism industry that had was worth millions you know so much for everyone around the world to go into the pyramids at some point Mm. to then nobody's coming we rolled out of that hotel the next morning and it was only two k's down the road if that we get to the main gate to go and be you know experience the pyramids they had that whole area barbed wire reels off tanks sandbags guns the whole any other day there'd be um camel carts and and you know hot dogs i don't know whatever all all the not hot dogs but just just that's commercial as as commercial as it gets to just fully gentrified facing back at you you are not coming in here you know they were protective of their their national heritage symbol like like just anything they were they were ready to protect it at all costs and the the, we were kind of used to that we were just spewing it's like you're kidding me we're so close but so far we're not getting in there and we sort of just rode up and and stopped at the base of this tank and these guys just came out of nowhere and swarmed us. We had about <clears throat> 10 deep around of tour guides. Oh. Desperate. D- 
desperate like 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 we they wanted to be fed like scary desperation yeah they and, and but what they wanted was for them for us to pay them to be their guide yeah we were just we were like the last crumb tourist crumbs in oh, oh, for, for who knows how long and and we rolled up on bikes and we're like clearly not we're clearly tourists and yeah and and i could see ports was getting he's like dude this no let's get out of here this is not cool because they were smothering us mm. and i saw this older guy this older egyptian from like five deep back just he's like he didn't say anything he just looked up and nodded and he's and just you just fired the bikes up you know the 500s at least are pretty aggressive it sort of parts the crowd yeah and you just <laughs> rumble through and they get out the way and he just said, come, I will take you in, you know. And he kind of was just like, he had a horse and cart ready to go. So he had some pace and we just broke away into the into the back slums of around the, the, the heading around to the, the desert part of, of behind the pyramids. And, and you know, just, just the real dirt sandy streets and there was it was just like okay this guy is full ghetto he he he's the street white he's the elder yeah, yeah. street <laughs> he took us out the back of the compound and the pyramids are like razor wire fencing big compound right out into the desert so you people can't you you got to go through their entries and you got to pay and it's protected and there's gun posts on every point you know there's there's um uh, sentries around yeah. the whole thing and we're taken up around the outside of this and he's going further and further and we passed this rubbish junkyard and all this stuff and it was just littered with horses and you, you just knew they were the stay with the horses that would otherwise be pulling these carts, taking yeah, tourists, tourists all day long. There's no work. They can't feed them. They just, there's the cemetery. Horse is done. Your business is done. And it was so obvious what the, the knock-on effect of, yeah. of what was happening. And uh, <laughs> did you get, did you get time to like process that? Like, did you feel any emotion around that kind of stuff? Or are you just so like, we got to get out of here. Well, it, there was so much happening. It was so close to the target and I had it in my head. That shot isn't just a fluke. There's a bit of visualization and, and you know, yeah. wow, we're here now. It's yeah. there. And he's, um, I don't know, and, and it's probably for the, for the craft. I was in the magazine game. You're always trying to nail the cover shot gts get the shot you know like it's just this driving force and you sort of push the boundaries and 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 anyway he takes us right up to the back corner elevated spot and it's like da da there's your pyra- all three pyramids five k's away <laughs> and i just said dude we could have ridden here ourselves i'm not paying you what have you done you've just showing us around the back of the gut fence I'm, I'm not paying you unless <laughs> we need to get in there and um there then the negotiations started and the only reason i had any kind of i guess um the only way any of this was going to come about is because they were just simply that desperate for 
the money and and I didn't want to it's not so much that I thought I'll use that to my advantage but at the same time they they were just down our throats you know they weren't letting us go without getting something I said well if you get, we'll, we'll pay you something but this is this is what we expect yeah. <laughs> and uh, the phone calls were being made and it was heated arguments between them and then they just did this full uh, security block where they you know had to pay a select amount of whoever to bypass the the whole process of they said the the, the beauty of the slrs is that at that stage you, you, you just look like you're taking photos there's no real yeah know, giveaway that it's giveaway a that you're capturing footage yeah, and yeah. like right no no commercial video no they they sort of stipulated a few rules and, and it's one bike only one bike only one rider no commercial cameras and you know like it's not like they're just gonna allow some crew to come in and document this thing we sort of did that but we were just a dude and a bike and a mate on a camel and the <laughs> with the concern was we had to leave mark's bike his 500 yeah like we've shoved that in this little um uh, fruit and veg market across the road one of the friends of the security guy i said ports you chain that sucker up you know like just <laughs> this this is all unraveling but we'll just go for it and it would have been happening quick yeah it was and it went and the the, the miscommunication and the level of understanding of, of their english our yeah, english and yeah yeah their, their you know and we one thing leads to another and we've ports rides in on this camel with this other guy we've shoved all my camera gear under the blanket of the camel they wanted me to go through security so ports has just gone in on the back of this camel he was just a, a non he was just a slip in i had to go through the scanners in my moto gear no helmet they gave my bike to this kid in thongs and before i could and, and before i could do really sort of process what he actually meant and where he was going to go this kid's just ridden off my 500's gone that way boom you know you just hear that idle cut off as it goes around a building that's it that was like i thought i didn't want to think the worst but you thought was like, what's going on here <laughs> and then the only the only sort of unfortunate part of that is that going through the scanners and it was coming together and i was inside the compound is i get through and i look up and there's the sphinx right there it's like you could you know in this in, in what's going on now with international travel and COVID and all that who knows when the opportunity yeah. to see these you know landmarks of the world are going to happen again to that level anyway i get through the scanners i look up and there's the sphinx it's like wow this is this could be epic it should be epic it is epic but all i was like i looked at the guy and i said where is my bike and i was sort of really just about you know not breaking breaking down a bit but just like nah you this isn't right what have, what have you done sort of thing. 
And the dude just looked at me and he goes, get in the car. Now's not because it was, they, they were scamming it. Mm. They were scamming it every bit as much as what, what you we were, were yeah. just to make it happen. And he's basically saying, don't screw this up now. Get in yeah, the car. Just shut up. And shut up. Yeah, get yeah. in the car. And he was angry. And because he was angry, I thought, okay. Maybe yep. he's got you back. Yeah, yeah. Jumped in this little horse and cart. And we ride around the Sphinx. Pull up. And I just never forget the relief of hearing this. This kid was clipped on. Like he, he couldn't touch the ground. His legs were dead straight, clipped over the seat. His little sandals were clicking gears coming over the... the um, he had another entry in. Just like high-fiving his mates on the wall and the barbed wire, like pumped. <laughs> Best day of his life. Yeah, it just delivers the five. And there it is. I've got my helmet, got the gear. Ports is on the camel. He's got all the camera gear. They said, you've got 45 minutes, go. And we just went straight up and got poised in front of the Great Pyramid and just did a little shoot. (laughs) Our own little impromptu video shoot for whatever, whatever. And, And, you know, it shouldn't have happened. It happened. The rest is history, as they say. I don't know how it gets topped. Yeah, I would never attempt to. Especially now. Like, it's so... I mean, God, we all just have taken the travel thing for granted. Mm. You know, and like what the things that you've done travel-wise on a dirt bike, it's like we might not ever live in a landscape where where people could ever replicate what you've done. Uh, yeah, and I and I am glad that I didn't hesitate with any of that be- due mm. to not having the funds, the means, the balls like you've just you were all in. Yeah, you got to, you know, and and a lot of this stuff you don't need all the boxes ticked. If you can just tick two and just get yourself in then you can kind of manipulate the situation or go with the flow to at least get a result, you know, and and achieve um, something close to what you set out to do in your mind. Mm. And uh, if you... A lot of people don't go ahead with it unless every box is ticked. I've been that guy no, in the no, 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 no. Not going to happen. I've been that guy in the past. Mate, I'm a two out of ten. If I can tick two boxes, I'll have a crack. Yeah, fuck, I need to adopt a bit of that. I I let that stuff stop me sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I want to tick all the boxes. But you're right. You're so right. Mm. Like, if you... You can let that stop so much just incredible shit. Yeah. And you we know, could have, we could have not boarded that plane because there was no physical means to even get to Egypt. Oh, man. The way the way that you made that trip happen is just it's borderline psychotic <laughs> in a way you know like there's an obsession very it was very an obsession it was there. very ignorant in terms of the political landscape I, I i didn't know how bad it was until we got there that's probably the other thing ignorance is bliss too, yeah right? and and not through any disrespect to the cultures or i just wasn't that educated mm. you know like you, you see a bit of what's going on tv and 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 all the rest and and you kind of get a bit of advice and, and and this and that but until 
I think <laughs> I think at one point in there in the film and we're in Austria you know if if the if the gates open go in don't ask questions don't, yeah. don't don't start digging so someone can say tell you you can't just better to ask for forgiveness and permission yeah and and you know you still have your instincts you still like it actually you'll see it all in the movie if you watch it but it, it, got, I've, it got, I watched it when it came out mm, but it's just been so long yeah, since I have you know the and and I guess just to to elaborate on the whole this the property and and the YouTube thing it it it's really um, my YouTube platform is 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 has has been the the tool that I've used to market those films yeah to the world most of the, the majority of people would not know about Moto Nomad the series if not for having my my trailers on the YouTube platform and and you know as you have your podcasts i i have the the digital download sales for yeah moto nomad which thankfully have ticked over daily for since i started making them not huge money but another another source of revenue to collectively pull together what motology films is yeah when what was the level of i guess just fear when you were doing that because i mean Mm. like it's scary man when you're in third world countries like that i mean i've been in some been in some kind of heavy situations in in different countries and the commitment level to just not turn around and go you know what fuck this yeah i'm not going through another one of these checkpoints yeah but it's like you know you come this far to cut come this far like is, is yeah you, you know you, you gotta it's i know what you're saying and it's difficult and especially and when you're you, you tired know, and 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 you've you've got to be really careful not to be disrespectful because then mm. it all goes out the window and, and and not let the emotion get to yeah, you yeah and 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 you know you're in their culture and their you know, you got to abide by their laws, their rules. And, and you don't know what those are a lot of the time. Look, when we left, <laughs> when we, we, we were like, man, this is this is hardcore. We got the shot. Let's get out of here. We're going to get out of Cairo. This is bad, the Badlands, you know. And we just went into the Badlands. Really? We, yeah, the Sinai. Just Google the Sinai. And uh, this is where all the the real bad shit goes down really ah the the kidnappings and 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 just you like just just overrunning towns um it's a really high conflict area across the that sways channel you know where the ship yeah got blocked yes in in the sways channel yeah um we 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 crossed that and then went down into the the Sinai Peninsula and up into because we ended up in Petra in Jordan and that whole that whole ride down there through that region was 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 the most dangerous of the whole trip and and you know when you're getting when you're stopped and you you, you need police escort through regions 
that's when they're like, you you shouldn't be here. You can't. Like you've just. made a mistake. Well, it's still they're not. Again, they're not stopping you from, but they're just controlling as how you go about getting from A to B. And it's to, we the it all comes back to that ignorance and and it's not often you you know motorcycles are dangerous but it's not often that your life depends on a motorcycle like yeah. if those things broke down we we were as long as we were moving we were safe if if we had a puncture on a road you're forever passing man there's like trucks militia looking trucks with even even the it, it got more militia the further south we went in and around cairo it's very uh military you know yeah, proper yeah, uniforms yeah, tanks yeah. all the specs like you can tell but the further south we went towards the sinai and the roadblocks and that there were we're at this one and and there's this you know black this datsun painted black house paint with a, a gun turret and this massive machine you know the you know the machine gun belts and the bullets yeah yeah and this is this is just like backyard sort of spec bolted just guerrilla warfare yeah and well just cobbled together version of their military because they they're out they're over there's so much happening they need everyone on all hands on deck but when you've got i remember just looking at this kid he must have been 15 he's just he's got his arm up over this gun that would cut a car in half you know and he he's just bored he's like spearing him out in the sun he's got he's on that post and there's tanks further off in the distance sandbags and all that and he's just flicking through his insta you know like uh, and you well. and you ride away and and you you know you potentially your the decision of that young mind you, your life mm. is in the hands of <laughs> you kind of get to answer your question about the fear of it all you start to get a bit desensitized mm. to it because you're surrounded by it like if you think you look on the news and you see the warfare and stuff going on and things getting blown up and just the presence of that much artillery it's scary like oh that's the last place you'd ever want to be but when you're in it and it's you're surrounded by it and it's happening and you, you're alive and you're reactive you kind of start to focus and just um if nothing's threatening you immediately you sort of get a bit uh how can i say not desensitized just like numb but to it. not not even numb just like you, you your brain starts to elevate what is danger yeah 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 you know yeah, yeah. And, and so okay this is cool we need to go from there to there don't piss that guy off there there's there's 15 soldiers there there's a tank there there's just be seen be cool don't don't just you sort of fit in it's a weird thing yeah, to say yeah. but you start to fit in and, and look we're lucky we didn't end up in any kind of crossfire or conflict to that level but it was happening all around us and and you know we took a bit of a punt and did some 
cross-country sections through the desert and just popped out on roads on the other sides of of checkpoints and and could have gone bad but didn't the the most uh the biggest reality check that we got <laughs> and i have to laugh about it because uh, in between on the way to um on the way to the aquaba well we caught the ferry up to aquaba to jordan i forget the name of the place where we left the port anyway it was just not far from mount sinai we went through this checkpoint and there's the militia vehicles and all the rest and the same thing again this happened 20 times and just across was this full brand new 10 meter high razor wire compound and um you know like satellite dishes and it was modern i was like whoa what's that joint and i just saw this full it had to be american you you can kind of pick an american commando from a mile off and here we are just out on the road handing our passports to these malicious spec egyptian soldiers and there's this american commando in inside inside this compound he he had his he had he was ready looking back out at us and i just sort of went you know just you're not egyptian he didn't he he just kind of didn't really do anything but i thought oh yeah we're, we're from australia we're just riding our bikes through and you're in there and you're armed to the hilt and behind that fence it kind of suggested that yeah this this, we're not in the right place yeah you know and again something that ports and i at the end of it when we got through it all and we're on that plane out of there had the hard drives full you know you're you're traveling around australia doing your podcasts and you're filling hard drives you you know all that got confiscated oh. a, or, or you got washed down the river, whatever you know like we made it back to Cairo and we were just like that kind of just happened it was amazing but we both agreed that we were probably never going to return to that it was one country that we didn't feel we had to ever return to yeah. again it was too too much we'd seen a good side of it a really really bad side of it um and just opened our eyes to to how bad it well to to put it blunt how good we've got it in Mm. australia you know like if we're (laughs) our little lockdown checkpoints and and the Mm. police have got the masks on and you know they're not pointing guns at you they're not you know like everybody needs everybody needs to settle down and just just chill a bit when you get frustrated because you're a bit late and i can't go here i can't do that um yeah i i I just have um i guess at least been educated to that level i'm not that educated on what's really going on but but i've experienced how the people that are just want to live a normal life they're not out nobody you know 
people think oh the Middle East and Islam and all that it's they just want to kill everyone it's not like that at all they're peaceful in their life and their world you know <laughs> we we and we ended up in places in in all of those badlands in in the Sinai especially where these people had nothing but they gave us everything at night they just put put our bikes under blankets so they couldn't be seen invited us in yeah really um fed us really so yeah. you would just kind of get in with like locals and just yeah this one particular not in in mount sinai like like right in the heart of it just these um uh bedouins it's bed bedouin people they're just like a you know desert sort of yeah people and this sort of still revolving around that tourist element but not you know they're not they're not like not like going to bali and just getting heckled yeah, to death yeah by, not yeah. like that at all it was just uh just a a little insight into you know bad people are bad not there's 99 percent of the people in the world are good yeah. people it's yeah. just the bad people that are bad and it would have been so weird to have like so much danger so much uncertainty and then i'm sure there would have been moments where you would have just been captivated by like the beauty of it yeah which would have been the most strange juxtaposition totally and and you're not you're not in you're not in those ideal uh you know set up at a bar beers with the boys like check this out you're not you you're you're just in the dirt you know you're sweaty you're in your riding gear you you you're tired you're not but you're just conditioned to it you're just there you're there with nothing more nothing less than the 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 villagers that are um that live it every day and you're just sort of seeing it as they it's a different level of, of appreciation when it's not a tourism-driven experience. It's yeah. just a, um, I, I guess, you know, we a lot of the most epic places that I've seen and found just through going by feel have been well off the tourist map. Mm. It's just the way the sun is setting at the time the weather the conditions the light the where you are the perspective the smell the just the the that that cultural um cast over everything up in like i i in the middle eastern culture is fascinating man like it's it's a touchy subject for obvious reasons but when you're there and you're in it and what are the elements that really fascinate you about it? Oh, just the mystique of mm-hmm. it all, the way they dress and the food and, and the architecture and, and, and just this, it's true to that sort of moto nomad. Yeah. You know, trying, to, trying to pull the bike thing out of it all. Um, I, I just, it's just so far and foreign and, and sure they're, the fact that so many people believe in this one thing and they're so moved by it and and the the routines that they yeah have they build their life around it yeah and and it's it's 
I'm I'm fa- I'm fascinated by culture, not not just Middle Eastern. Yeah, there's like there's you know, oh geez, the, there's there's a whole other podcast in talking about Moto Nomad too. You know, Kazakhstan to Mongolia through via Russia. You know, we did nine day nine thousand k's. Wow, uh, a bit more set up, a bit more organised. I made rally screens. Uh, and then part three, a bit of an ode to Dakar. Thought, let's go and try and retrace some of the tracks, the the 2014 Dakar and 7,000 Ks through um, Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, uh, Chile, Bolivia, Argentina, you know. Um, sort of perfected my craft a bit more by yeah you get better at it every if time. you get around to oh i'm definitely i'm gonna what, binge that shit yeah well part three for me is the number one and for obvious reasons what we just spoke about will never be that's repeated. just such a crazy should, should never be would never attempt to try and do something like that again um just the rawness of it, the moto gypsy element the unorganized part of it um but part three third one in Chris Hollis Mark Portbury couple of good mates South America wow um, I I can kind of I just I don't I don't want to gloat or, or or you know talk up what it is but I'm just sort of glad that I've gone and when you talk about uniqueness and sticking to your your way of of going about things i'm glad that you know moto nomad is something that doesn't didn't exist in 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 Mm. this game and from what i can see has not been it's not that someone needs to go out and better it or create something try and copy i don't know it it's just its own thing yeah that has been done and if i don't do any more it doesn't matter you know it was just a stage in my life where i just really wanted to pull off some crazy ideas utilizing the resources that i had and and you know thrown in with a few skills and just like let's go all of which couldn't for many 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 elements so many things could have could have stopped those films from happening you know um but you know when you've got these powerful intentions and you it's come from a young age where where I've just always, uh, you know, not had, not come from money or had the, you know, the the support. What what do you want to do? I've not had a business idea. Mm. I've just like I'm all, I'm, <laughs> I'm a two boxes out of ten ticket. It's all all I've ever been. So oh, that's enough. Can't just pull it off. Just m- make it happen somehow. Just you know, and um, th- that's the result of that mentality and and yeah i'm pretty proud of it 
Oh, you should. I don't be. really. Never really tried to boast about anything. Um, it, it's weird because with being a sponsor, when I say sponsored, I'm no factory pro or anything, but I have sponsors to help fund these film projects. Yeah, and, and I give them. Uh, exposure to a level that is worthy of sponsorship yes you know? yeah um and and i have to pr- you know <laughs> you gotta put yourself out there and be this influencer i sort of should should try and get better at that um i, I don't know maybe i don't have to maybe i, I should just do. stick to doing what i do <laughs> yeah i'll Maybe you can help me understand my YouTube channel a bit better, Jay. So, yeah, I think yeah. it's a, it's all a process. Hey, I'm yeah. just gonna piss real quick. Yeah, yeah. I got my next line of questioning. Yeah, good. Let's have a let's have a quick intermission. I should probably check on the kids. If we keep this bit in the podcast, we're eating Tim Tams. We just had a piss break. <laughs> Shit. It, I, it's still on. I hope I haven't been too far away from the. No, nah, you've been good. Because sometimes I realise I've been talking and it sounds a bit. No, no, you've been good. And I'll level it all out anyway. I think what was throwing me off is that the wall on the same is on the same focal plane. I'm like, oh, the wall's awfully focused. Yeah, yeah, and then it goes back. Um, Yeah, I was like, is that is that too much? No, that's it. Are we back on? No, we've been on the whole time, really. my i guess my follow-up from that i mean you you should be awfully proud of yourself like you you've achieved just a weird thing like you're you're like a you're like a weird kind of author type dude that writes a classic novel that's not a writer yeah you know I what I mean? i'm writing you know i've been uh, uh, how can i say accused of writing some cool shit here and there but it's just like homework to me. I I just uh, yeah. really, I, I was geez, I was never gonna make it in any kind, any type of online newsy like nah, yeah. copy and paste, just nah. But you know, at a creative level, um, if I get going on something, I can, yeah, really. I'm, my vocabulary is not that great I'm not that educated uh, I've got an intuition and a bit of an engineering sort of crafty mind but you, what you you're compelled mm. in the same way that like I'm compelled and I it's it's weird I've only been thinking about it recently because um, actually this uh, shout out to um, Kasserina she's a cool chick from Adelaide and she come up at the the other day at Dust Hustle, and um, and she said she's like, oh, I've been listening to you for four years, and I was like, well, I've only been doing the podcast too. And then she was like, no, 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 it was like 2018. I was like, nah, all right, I think maybe it started in 2019. And she was like, I'm telling you, it was 2018, and um, I didn't, I hadn't thought about it, dude. I had not even thought about how long I'd been doing it. Wow. And um, and it's just it's weird man like even today you get up today just compelled i'm compelled to do it at Mm. this point it's a weird thing it's sort of i don't know there's something that 
Oh, and I'm, I'm asking because I don't know what it is. Maybe you've thought about yeah. it, but I'm compelled to do this and I've been compelled to make shit mm. since you met me and yeah. since I first bought a camera in like 08 and there is this just this weird compulsion. And yeah. But it, it's sort of like we spoke about today. I mean, I, I don't in any way... And I mean, I'm, I'm sure people would say this that, and it's disingenuous, but like, I don't have any compulsion to be famous. I don't really, yeah. I don't really care to be recognized. I don't really, I'm not, they're, yeah. they're not any kind of metrics that I'm chasing, 100%. but I'm compelled for some reason to do this for, yeah. I, and I can't explain it. And yeah. I wonder because you're compelled, like you, you are compelled to do these things that don't make a lot of sense if yeah. you wrote it out on paper. But there is something that's there's a wind at your back. Yeah, and I, I'd wondered if you'd ever thought about it. No, totally. Like it's um, the getting getting recognised and pulled up in airports is a bit of an unfortunate byproduct. I'm not that into that. Based on you know, I don't want to become. I probably come across as rude, but it's not that. I'm actually just shy. Yeah, I'm not really a you know that much of that level I, I i don't mind parties and socializing and whatever and but yeah never never really been that comfortable with being in the public eye and the, it, it's it's something that uh <laughs> it's a funny little irony yeah yeah when I got I got straight into graphic design out of high school, so you you know did did high school got through year twelve and you know smart enough to do that, but I was wasn't going to do uni. I thought keep the creative side going straight into graphic design because you get a selection process. You make yeah, the, I got yeah. made the first wave. I, you know that was something. I was pretty good at art. I actually used to paint and if you i guess it's pretty obvious that this is my creative outlet yeah. at the moment but anyway got straight into um graphic design out of school and and was in those units and elements that make up that um yeah. you know that that course at, at tafe <laughs> is tafe still a thing now i think so <laughs> <laughs> yeah ask your grommet down there ronan, ronan. Is, is tafe still real is tafe still real Te- yeah. technical and further education right <laughs> got into that and then the, the graphic design was broken down into elements typography um art art history uh and some design elements and these things anyway for six months i did it and yeah i could do all of the actual hands-on creative stuff easy couldn't get my head around why the hell we had to do art history as part of it and it just i just didn't want to know about it. i thought it was well look at this i'm going this way what yeah. graphic design we're making cool shit what does it matter about learning about the famous artists and no, no disrespect but i just couldn't get my head around it but the thing that just pretty much made me turn my back on the whole thing was I had to do a, um, I had to present a yeah, little, like a speaking sp- thing, a sp- a yeah, to s- 
seven other people in, in my class just tore me up and just turned my guts for weeks couldn't really? do it couldn't bring myself to do it you know I was like you know there's just this smoking chick in the class as well and I don't know I just wasn't that a confident just did not have the confidence yeah no nah, can't do this deferred <laughs> because of that yeah could just that was me wow. if I just couldn't do that now nah, I'm out of here um two weeks like I deferred so I could pick it up again I just signed the thing where you yeah, defer right. couldn't yeah. do it out of there like just I'd finished high school I was with a new core of people's going that way it's just oh it's not really me what I gotta no nah, I can't do it deferred within two weeks I was swinging off the back of a garbage truck at 4am hanging onto a cold steel pole going through the back streets sorting through people's rubbish making money making pretty good money um bought uh, another dirt bike there had been a bit of a gap by then i was 17 going on 18 and um yeah i guess the 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 what i'm the point i'm getting to with all this is that i couldn't bring myself to speak in front of these six seven other people so i'm swinging off the back of a garbage truck making money bought a dirt bike my jobs evolved to various other things and um by this stage had had sort of met some guys out bush where i'd ride with my mates they're into racing and they said you gotta come and race and got to a race and messed around and sort of started to work my way through the ranks and then started standing on podiums club level but had to get up and <laughs> there i was up in front of people and having to speak in front of a crowd and i had no money never had money bikes were shit i had this i had all hand-me-down hard sun bleached tires from my mates and just whatever i could cobble together and i'd go and race and and it's sort of this forced realization that shit I've I got on the podium I want to race and that means you got to talk you got to talk and and what started to come with that was was support oh here's you when you get some stuff and it just was this you know this um this environmental kind of situation where if if I put myself there mm. the money that I didn't have I could I could didn't matter I could start to get things and uh yeah <laughs> fast forward a few years and and at, at WA I ended mm. up winning the West Australian State Enduro Championship and and kind of Leesky picked us up and where I had kind of gone through the dealership level and yeah yeah trashed my fair share of bikes not through you know just kicking them off the back of the ute on the freeway that kind of thing I was talking <laughs> yeah. about but just riding the wheels off them you know like one engine for the, riding everything the 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 summer quick start motocross in in Wanneroo to the all the pony express cross country series our whole enduro like i was just riding i was chasing every event that ever was happening that's all you did i lived for it as a racer didn't know 
media or photography, anything. It was just pure um, riding the wheels off bikes Whatever to you could get. be a better racer. Yeah, you know, I thought, oh, I, I, I love this. I'm just compet. This is the extent of me as a competitor, sort of thing. And um, I started to gain a bit of confidence that I never had through what the situations that the bikes put me in. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it it. it I'll probably still never going back to what you're saying like I just don't like the don't don't want the the I mean we're not famous we're not celebrity no no it's in such like a microcosm it's like it is it's on a huge scale but it's still so niche yeah but but you know if you wind the clock back I mean I think with with my youtube channel and whatever there's the, the the films the motology film that symbol is kind of its its own entity yeah ir- yeah, yeah. Ir- irrespective of me i'm not in every single movie people enjoy when they see the logo they're like oh you gotta watch this yeah oh the guy that does it pretty cool watch the the guy you know like yeah. and that's good the real core followers that have been following what i do for right from the magazine days they know every detail yeah. <laughs> they quote me on stuff on i could be in greece or wherever and i'll just get some complete random dude just cut through with something that they know that i know and it's like wow it is, you have watched every video you know it is special like i don't i definitely don't want to sound like um and I know you don't want it either that it's like it's this hassle that you've got to deal with mm. when, pe- when people recognize you and stuff. But I think what I, well, I know what I'm trying to say is that that's not the intention. No. Because that's where it can get ugly is when like you ac- actively seek and, yeah. and want that, you know. And, and I mean, that, that did a number on me for, for, you know, the first couple of years mm. of that I was real insecure about the fact that people wanted or that... I was insecure that people would potentially think that's what I wanted. Yeah. But it's funny. No. It's funny you say the, you know, you couldn't talk in front of seven people. Like, I I am on the complete opposite <laughs> end of that spectrum. And for whatever reason, I could be sitting in front of a million. You don't give like, a I, shit. It, do, yeah. it doesn't phase me. And I, no. I don't understand it yeah. at all. Like, it's I have. Good. But I couldn't explain why. And there, it's just in your exact. It's just as easy to be the exact opposite yeah. of that. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, and it, that's another thing that you kind of can't explain. No, and you know, I've, I've since had to make it count at weddings and and yeah, you know, bloody hell, funerals and and it's. I've hey I will say that I can't do the funeral thing I've yeah, done two I've, eulogies and been mm, a complete fucking write off at both of them yeah, so that's actually the one thing I can't do I don't know you sort of get you sort of pick up a few things and have a bit of a a, um, a, a way of going about it and and it all just comes back to the trophy presentation thing it's the yeah. only only i've 
that put, was the crucible for you. Yeah, I put myself in that situation because of and and and, and again, I'm only talking club, yeah, state, but it's relative. Um, and then and then it just spiraled from there with the the me- the magazine stuff, the media did. Uh, cinema release for um, Moto Nomad. That was yeah. cool. Transmoto, Wigan called us up after I launched it. And he's like, dude, you didn't do a, a cinema release for Moto Nomad. How about it? I like, well, yeah, wow, cool. <laughs> KDM, I guess, may have may not have dropped the ball there, but Trans- Wigan's just like, yep. Yeah. And we did it in Sydney and, and it was one of those things where you sort of can hide behind your product a bit. Yeah, yeah. You can just... Let it do the talking. Well, it's happening. There it is. They're all there to see, not you, but a movie that you did. Um, You know exactly what I'm talking about here. Nobody likes the sound of their own voice. Mm. So to to be a part of these films in in a launch sense a preview sense um yeah i sort of hired up the bats strange but you kind of just okay it's happening uh and 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 you know you sort of forget about it once people are in it yeah they're like they're with you yeah so it doesn't so much matter um and uh that that whole uh yeah what you're coming back to the the want or the need or the yeah so what is the compulsion you know what is the compulsion with Mm. all of those caveats yeah that that point against doing it like there is something that compels you to create that content and and in the same way that i i I mean i couldn't tell you why i do this like i love doing it yeah it just i'm compelled to do it if you enjoy if you just get so much enjoyment out of digging a hole and 10 people walk past and go, dude, that's, that's the best hole I've ever seen dug. You should do that. You should yeah. keep digging. Yeah, I love this. Oh, well, okay. If you say so, I'll keep digging. Um, it's the same with yeah. pulling stories out of people, making movies, you know, like I, I enjoy the, the, process. the capture, yeah. you know, pulling off the move on the bike is one thing timing it with getting it caught cinematically on camera piecing together a collage of of you know imagery that you can present as a music video as a story as a whatever and it can outlive you too Mm. that's been the one of the weird realizations of this i was like this will be this will be somewhere when I'm dead yeah it's totally like this house you know this that stone wall will be somewhere we'll be here when we're dead yeah I you know like um, I've never been one to just when my old when my old man passed away he was just um yeah, he'd done, a lot, he'd done a lot of cool stuff. He was a builder. I'm not a builder. This is one and only house I've ever built. But he was a builder and did a lot of stuff and had a lot of cool friends. And, and you know, he, he meant a lot 
he meant quite a lot to a lot of people and 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 he never had this grand drive to to make a name for himself he was kick-ass rugby player hard as nails could fight like clear a pub sort of crazy <laughs> fight dude uh, not that i ever saw but i knew that fire he was in him and you hear the stories and just had this potential of of being a pretty epic human being and when he passed away he was just in a intermediate interim uh beach house in scarborough that he had with his wife my stepmom um and no real no real landmark of representation of him as a person he just mm. died in this place that he was just briefly in to spend his final days and i think it's been sold and it's got no he's built other houses and has his craft spread around but it's somebody else's that somebody else owns mm. and it it i felt sort of you know I, i've I thought he got cut short early so don't get me wrong it's not yeah. like he knew he got cut off he's only 65 um but it i don't know i've never really spoken about it but it's sort of you know this person that i am the shit that i come up with and what i do will you know i guess this property and this house will for whatever it becomes will just represent that dude adam Raymond that just ticked two out of ten boxes and had a crack you know like if you know what i'm trying to say yeah you know, this 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 paddock that i showed you mm. was just a paddock from the ground up of struggled harder than <laughs> i've filmed a lot of it too yeah right i've filmed a lot 80%, of building 80 i've built filmed this whole build of the wall the structure i roofed this thing myself like yeah it's probably all i need to say about it but it may form part of a different doco when i choose to really go weird yeah, yeah. if that makes any yeah. sense you're what you're saying is weird yeah but what i'm i'm very much tethered to this motorsport motorcycling um audience and you know i've got sp sponsors to represent you can't go too weird yeah, <laughs> when yeah. i say weird what we were talking about as weird yeah I'd rather call it creative yeah, and open it up to a bigger audience, open something up to a bigger audience without losing my moto audience. Mm. I think I might have gained enough hold or respect or captivation of the motorcycling crew to, in the next couple of years, bring some other aspects of 
color and creation and life into my films yeah yeah you get what i'm trying to say yeah i do i do i do i need i gotta make moto videos now because that's what's paying for yeah. all of this like i said i'm if i stop pushing i'll roll downhill the the grind is well and as hard as in, as yeah. harder as it's ever been it's not getting any easier and i can't stop mm. you know how do you become okay with that because I feel like, uh, I feel like, uh, and Sammy is definitely a partner in this. Um, my brother is a partner in this. We've got a few of us that, especially like last year when the whole COVID thing started and, you know, we had sponsors pull out and it would look like we just went from literally just made zero money in a day. Like everyone was like, cool, we're out. Yeah. You know? And then I think everyone come back. I think it was just like a panic thing. But it definitely clicked a switch in yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it was sort of the, some of the stuff we were talking about before we started doing the podcast, but it was just like, I'm going to grind like fuck. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to be okay with it. Mm. And I'm just going to take on board. like Because it's like, to be successful, there's like requirements. You can definitely get lucky. Like you can definitely get lucky. But to to build success that it's it's gonna require x effort and it's like some people are okay with it and some mm. people aren't so it's like you know you're wildly successful from the outside in like to, to have a you know a, an audience the way that you've built it and the platform and the films that you've done and the, there's just achievement after achievement after achievement and it's like high level achievement like not very easily replicated but you're still in the fucking grind like you said if you take <laughs> you know and even like for us man like i haven't been able to post a podcast this week like we've been too busy and it's just like hey, mate, you've, been, you've been road tripping across yeah. australia but still i mean you know that the work the it did nothing went out yeah. and it's like you just you feel that you go down it's like how do you how do you or what's the acceptance that you come to to just be okay with the fact that all right my foot has to stay well my my wrist has to stay wrapped on the throttle um and i'm just i'm just in it it's obvious state the the obvious surroundings i've got two little girls um i've come this far with it yeah you know do I um, um, the only thing I'm actually qualified to do is I'm a basically a heavy duty um, diesel fitter <laughs> yeah <laughs> once upon a time over 20 years ago uh, made the decision not to spend my days underneath a hot oily truck out on a mine um, I yeah thought I'll I'll just take off around australia and and have a i started with a monthly column that was my sort of mm. you know I don't, I don't know if you remember way out west that column in in the magazine i used to write yeah i don't i, no. I, never, I never read adb I, no. was, I was the full stroke moto kids. yeah yes right here yeah. <laughs> um like i think i said earlier that there's been multiple occasions where i've could have just thrown my hands in the air and gone well that was fun should probably now grow up now grow up but 
you know, when I moved to Sydney, um, I was 29, right? And I, all I did, all I had at that point was a HZ Statesman, some riding gear, didn't even own a motorbike. I was racing here, had support through KDM, had bikes, um, and honestly had, I think by the time I bought my plane ticket, cobbled a few things together, I was swagging it on a mate's floor in, in Mosman, Sydney, and I had probably not even 500 bucks in my account. That's it. I was 29. So I'd long missed the boat of any kind of conventional investment, businessy, you know, I've never been good at any of that. It's always just been a vision of an idea, like a like a cr- creative drive. Um, and the only incentive to ever have been doing that is just the responses from other people. Mm. I don't know. It's just a nice... I, I, I don't... It's like I need the... You know, like I, I, it's not like I was bullied at school or, or, or that sort of thing, needing this, this acceptance of others. It's, it's different. It's like when you can make something. But you feel like you're adding value. Yeah. They're like, man, that's, that looks really good. It, it comes from the art side of it. You know, like I, always, I was pretty good at it at school, drawing, painting, um, and and thought that's the way I had to go, you know, like I was going to be an artist. Yeah. Uh, and and it it wasn't so much me. They're not like saying, you know, you're really cool. It's that your it's art's what really you've cool. made is really cool. Yeah, yeah. And and you, they can go that they can take that over there and enjoy it. I don't even have to be there. And the concept of that is like I can, you know, I'm a private person. Don't, yeah, don't really, you don't really need to uh, give me the, the the praise. But if you enjoy that, that's cool. Yeah. Build something, that's wicked. Make a video, take a photo. I don't know. To this level, one of the biggest, res- and whether or not I actually take note of it but subconsciously um yeah i read some comments some of the videos and all the rest it's like people just say just don't ever stop doing what you're doing and i and i think well yeah i don't plan to i've somehow managed to make a living out of it um it would be a waste to yeah you know, I could, if, if, if I went to the mines, all this would stop and the the digital fire would burn out and I could probably go and make a lot of money on the mines and just, but the momentum that I've created, it's like, yeah, I sort of got to feed the beast Yeah. now and, and I'm 
looking forward to being able to do it better yeah when this is finished yeah um at the moment i'm only op- i'm only giving as much as i can to it and my frequency of content videos just what i do is quite low uh, compared to what you're saying but i'm um, i'm becoming more aware my missus is she's on to me she's like you know you gotta invest more time in your youtube and if i've got her support yeah that's huge that's huge you know like she couldn't give a shit about the bikes she she's happy for me like i got ayla a little 50 and she's riding on the farm and she's been on the she's been on the back of the bike once in the eight years we've been together she's brought her to a transmoto 12 hour um first moto date it was the dustiest event she's a city chick it's just like wow well that was different this is what you do yeah this Um, doesn't look fun to me (laughs) but she's from that events side of things where she understands the need to present and feed an audience and just um yeah again come this far if i want to take it to the next you know you got to to get this much better you got to grind that much harder mm. it's just what it takes i'm 46 now got a bit more of a you know perspective on on what i how i can achieve things and um i just really enjoy doing it i guess that's it full stop yeah. if i'm if i'm bored of it or i don't like it uh it'll show in the craft can you imagine doing a podcast with whoever and you just couldn't be fucked talking to them yeah that that doesn't doesn't happen (laughs) exactly or how would it it would it wouldn't go down too well would it no 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 you're right and i yeah it's funny like uh there's definitely um it's so natural to face resistance in things in life and then this is just one of those things where I just don't really seem to face much resistance no. for whatever reason. No. And I'm sure it's probably the same for you when mm. it comes to grinding out here. There's just, there just isn't that same resistance that, like for me to get up in the morning and fucking shower to do something I didn't want to do, I'd probably just stay in bed and waste away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and that's, you know, the whole, the whole getting out of bed thing, it, it happens it's automatic if 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 you you're you know you're building your own life and and every move you make is to uh feed your existence get Mm. like i've done the whole pouring all your energy and skills and craft into fueling someone else's business for your the gravel that they'll pay you at the end you know like it that that can't last too long mm. I, I don't know i don't know how you could be satisfied with that you've got to use those opportunities to mastermind your next move yeah but um yeah i, I 
I got I got death sick <laughs> like proper death sick in hospital well in Vietnam actually really <laughs> yeah I got the sack it was when I got the sack from ADB when it all came to a head and you're done and you sort of when you're outcast by the industry you're so passionate about you sort of like yeah, it was just it was just a, tu- a turn of events and and you know like I, I I get along well with Wigan now and at a social level always did but we we bashed heads pretty hard working yeah. and and not because I was com- trying to compete against his ways I still think he's got you know I think he's one of the best if not the best editors in in the dirt bike game because I've seen his processes and his extraction and and at a time there when I was at ADB it was something pretty awesome yeah but we yeah we bashed heads hard um it was going that way and 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 yeah I got made redundant like that that the proper scenario where they walk you out of the building really yeah yeah I did not know that that all happened and and mate this is bef- this is the week before I was flying out to race Erzberg for um yeah and I was riding with Husky and I had all my bikes and everything loaded in the ADB van they pulled the rug and it you know it didn't uh, I, I just follow, just went ahead with what I had to do. I had to get the bike to an AORC that I raced in, in Queensland. Yeah, Paul Feeney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we so, do know Paul Feeney. He, legend. Legend. He, legend of the game. He's, he was he's Sammy's neighbour. <laughs> he, he, he pretty much funded my second crack at Erzberg. Yeah. I went in 07 originally and then... Anyway, we had a round of the AORC to get through and then Hollis and I were flying straight out to Erzberg. So it was the gun was loaded. I was going north and like got the sack. And they and and it it all just smoothed over, but they the you know, people wanted it to, to make it into more than it was. It's like he's taken off in the van and blah blah blah. Oh god. It was full it was I just organised with another staff member. I was like, I got to get to this point. I'll offload all the shit. Can you come and get it from here? I got to go. You know, it was the most unceremonious ending of, of a of a. Did you a t- did you ever um, did you ever hear? I had like literally the exact same thing happen. A stroke with your Eve. No. I had like a bike in the back of a van because he didn't pay me X amount of money. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, that uh, seems about the same money as this year bike's worth. So um, <laughs> I'm taking this and uh, you let me know if you want to figure it out. <laughs> this is I literally just drove, to, I drove from Melbourne to Queensland with a bike in the back of my car and just said... Yeah, like you'd shot through. Figure it out. Yeah, yeah, figure it out. Held a CRF 450 hostage. <laughs> I was kind of like that except it was just a 200k stretch i needed oh. to get the bike anyway how funny is that? i did it all right we went raced the orc came back had this mega party at feeney's and then hollis and i flew out to erzberg um was this when feeney had husky yeah, yeah this is yeah, when he yeah, had husky yeah. oh wait this yeah. is when it was they were starting to be good they yeah. were pretty good yeah and um <laughs> I actually we met up with AJ Roberts and Ports was there 
And at the time, Hollis and AJ Roberts were one-two mm. in the AORC. Um, I knew things were just stewing and conspiring and were ugly for me back in Australia because I actually finished top 50 that year and I beat AJ and Hollis. And, uh, you know, I'm not claiming any kind of heroism out yeah, of that yeah. feat but Erzberg yeah. is a beast of a thing it's not about how fast you are it's about it's a, it's attrition. and it's how hard you can grind sort of thing anyway when I got back to Oz there was there was no mention that I was even there in any I was just kind of blacklisted and it was a real I, I that for me that was the point that I'd, I'd my whole trip to the east and being a part of the media game was over yeah i'd you checked i'd moved to the east i'd given it a crack and i'd gotten the sack from the the bible you know they they, and and you just you do no one's touching you after that couldn't get any work with anyone isn't it crazy how how nothing adb is now though in the in the grand le- landscape yeah. compared to what it was the, like the the le- just the media landscapes changed yeah so it has much. no in in that regard totally it's still a, you know it's still it's tangible still and real yeah and, and you respect it for for what it always has been but you couldn't but get I, blacklisted by adb now and have it be in any way shape or form an issue to your career no, just be water under the <laughs> yeah, no one would yeah. and i and i you know i you copped it in an era where that actually yeah mattered. it was it was a issue with me and a person not me and a corporation sort of thing yeah um but anyway it was a really dark sort of time to be outcast by the the industry you know what i felt mm. most people are like, whatever move on but it's you really take it personally and and i just thought yeah, yeah I'm, this is this is me i'm i'm done i i, I gotta I'm, I'm out i'm just gonna i think the red, i got a few grand redundancy or whatever and just no bikes just jumped on a plane to vietnam and just just literally fell off the map you know for about three weeks and um yeah it was was a good just a you know backpacking rogue experience just took my camera just did proper tourist Mm. and the last three days in hanoi i don't know if i got poisoned if i ate the wrong thing but it took every ounce of and luckily I, i was tanned by that stage because underneath the tan i was just a dead ghost and it i i just sat it out in this hotel dying for about two days losing weight and just i didn't even have the the mental capacity to book an earlier or any of that i just hibernated in this fetal position in a hotel sweating for two days and then summoned all my energy to get to the airport made it to darwin for the first part of the flight zombied my way through the process eventually got back to sydney and somehow got home to where i was renting and and i don't know how it came about but my roommate must have caught sight of me or something i don't know and she 
somehow got the number to a chick I was seeing at the time and said something's wrong you better get and she took me to the emergency at RPA and I just passed out in the car park and they pulled me in and they thought I had friggin leukemia and it was all getting serious and got on a drip and and yeah I've never been so sick in my life to this day I was and just just in ended up in this hospital bed just on my own uh you know because my whole family and everyone that sort of is over here my only people I know in in Sydney at the time were all the boys that I raced with and they're spread out up and down the east coast so yeah. I was just in this dungeon in in Leichhardt in the back streets of Sydney you know editing so I was just uh, you know just a, a pin drop in the city yeah yeah and, and when you are become incapacitated and you're in a hospital and no one knows you're just a re you know the only connection to my existence was this chick that i was seeing at the time and it's funny how things work because it was somehow about two days in i think it got round to a friend down the road a neighbor one thing led to another and about three days after being in hospital i think i finally got a call from my mum like it you know it, it was just a real real dark darkest time of of my life you know and 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 it what came of it was I was laying in there just going and this is this is off the back of that whole yeah. ADB, Erzberg, return to Australia, get out. We don't want you you know, in my head, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, yeah. To being in hospital. And I just thought Nah, then this bullshit. I'm I didn't know, I didn't have a plan. I just said to myself, I'm I'm no one's ever going to be in control of of my game ever again. Um no. Nah, um this is not how it's going to be for me. I've I've vowed never to work for anyone else ever again. And uh to yeah, I guess for the best part of it I've done exactly that. Yeah. Sure, I still contract work out as motology films, but the whole employee yeah has, has never gone back never and it, and it I don't know the talk people talk about those those moments. moments where you just like nah pretty rock bottom as it was um and then yeah within a couple of months registered motology.cc <laughs> I bought the domain, you know, and and now we're sitting. Here we are. <laughs> and now we're sitting in a hand-built house. Yeah, on one of the most epic farms that I've ever been to, with some incredible tracks. Like, yeah, this is a dream come true, and it's off the back of just years and years and years of work. Like, it's it's mm. really, really, really cool. It's it's just good to get. Um, you know your response to that as i said before you you got a fair idea of how what it takes to be involved in a digital business a predominantly digital business and um 
and one that's uh, based on the motorcycle industry. It's not easy making no. money out of bikes, is it? No. But um, and it's just not easy. The the bigger thing than that is, like, it can be done to make a living out of bikes, but to 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 make a living in the way that you've made a living off intense authenticity. Like I would say that that would be if I if someone asked me to describe your brand, it would be like intense authenticity. Mm. He will only that Adam Riemann dude will only ever do an Adam Riemann thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of stubbornness in that, and just you know, I've kind of taken a I don't know if I have taken a bit of direction on things here and there, but you sort of oh, I'm sure you would have talked point, yeah. but. You know, like, oh, yeah, but and, and inspiration, don't get me wrong, there's inspiration, but in terms of, yeah, I've always do things the hard way a lot. <coughs> um, but, uh, yeah, this this as well, it, it's it's everything that goes with it. It's, well, I'd... Well, it's the life of your kids now, you know, being able to live off the grid and yeah. give your kids such a good life and... and um, yeah, it's 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 definitely deeper than just just the work side of it too, you know. Yeah, it it is, and and I'm doing everything I can to you know make it work to provide this. It, uh, I think I mentioned before the the whole moto stuff is secondary to at the moment. It's the focus. It has to be for the, but in terms of the lifestyle, it's work. It's a secondary. Thing. Yeah. the passion's still there don't get me wrong but the house and the farm and the animals and the kids and yeah you know this is this is this is my home and very grateful that i've been able to pull it all into the one paddock so to speak yeah uh but i you know i don't take it for granted i'm sort of trying to stay as sharp as i can um, I'm balancing as well. You know, I push my body pretty hard. Building this, yeah. maintaining the moto level, the filming, the you name it. You know, like I'm trying to working out how to mm. get a bit of balance and dial back and and start to in, enjoy this and enjoy the bikes. Yeah. Uh, um, actually no media and and this is the first time i just sort of you know dabbled with it last year but i still used it as content i went racing did some cross countries with the cr all based around content content this year for the first time in a long time i've uh, freed myself up to go and race yeah not even bring a gopro that would feel pretty liberating it's good yeah just just talking this shit with the boys and turning the throttle and fueling that thing up and lining up and having a crack and just not being anyone else but the rider you know and that's where it all started i was never a media guy a racer that went into the media game and and yeah created something out of it well, we've done three hours, mate. Shit. And uh, I hope I, I hope you got some usable 
uh, you know, conversation in there. Nah, I honestly have just loved it so much. And yeah, you're a guy that I've always looked at as, and just had a, a, a huge level of respect for, for what you've done. Um, and it's inspiring to see like the levels that it that can go to in terms of, you know, the platform and, and yeah, but honestly being here, like I want to come back here again. Yeah, man. Like I really want to come back here again and just spend a bit of time. Like yeah. you get on this, you get on this property and it's, I was saying before, it's almost like a, it's not like a different vibration. It's like you're taking a lot of vibrations away and, yeah. and it feels still. Yeah. And more and more, I'm just really enjoying still. You're not. Get, f- get rid of the vibrations going on and the, and all the different frequencies that you kind of get exposed to. And, and yeah, it's, it's incredible what you've done here. You know, really appreciate it, man. And and even what you said about the expelling the the vibrations, it's a fairly standard response too from people that come down yeah, to really. see. Like, uh, and then they're, they're like a uh, friend that's come down to do the, the jip rocking, yeah, cracking the whip, putting the pressure on. He's busy. He doesn't even have the time to be here. Gets here and just uh, yeah. And um, that's the environment I wanted to create for my kids and family and yeah i'll keep just keep going for them it's as simple as that man like I, you've inspired me like just eight hours i want this you know we've been on this property probably eight hours i just, want this just, i want something like this just start settling for ticking eight two boxes box. and so, to two, do have yeah. a crack yeah <laughs> yeah no yeah honestly and i'd love to um i'd love we could there's so much stuff we didn't talk about yeah so and, so 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 yeah. much so um for everybody that's listening there will be an adam Riemann part two there'll probably be an adam Riemann part three <laughs> i'd have you on honestly whenever you wanted to come i'm on. keen to see the um the gypsy gang studio at some point so yeah. i'll 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 roll in at some any, point mate. anytime yeah, honestly yeah. anytime there's so yeah. much so much stuff we could talk about yeah that's no, cool and it's, um, I, I just appreciate that you've um you know you, you've got a pretty hectic schedule you've done sam hill yeah you got regan duffy well they'll be we'll talk to regs on the weekend yeah but just you know i appreciate that you've Hold me up there among some of West oh. West Oz's finest, and and had me on your podcast, mate. It's pretty cool. Nah, and uh, uh, man, it's probably been one of those things where I've been too busy to really appreciate it. But as I've honestly, as I've been sitting here Immersed and soaking it. it in, yeah, I've just it's really hit me. I'm just like, fuck, we've actually got a crazy history, <laughs> and one that I've never, I haven't really thought. It's about in too parallel. Much. It's in parallel. You, y- yeah. built, you built Gypsy Tales at the same time frame of you know the the industry as as Motology Films, so we got that in common. You know, it's cool. Yeah, and just a yeah that that Fink twenty ten you know like that was the first time we'd hung out and that was one of my first kind of crazy weird trips. This shit kicking since, in the dust with our camera gear and man, trying to. I slept. I don't know if you remember. I slept. Leesky was supposed to get me a swag, and he didn't. And I don't know if you remember how fucking cold it was yeah, that year. It's cold every year out there. I yeah. slept in the back of an F two fifty. With no blankets, no, no pillows, and I was I was fucking freezing. Mate, I thought I was gonna die. That's colder. You'll be warmer out of the ice box. Yep. And I I just I remember it's and you know we were talking about like you're compelled. Like there's been so much of the the, the shoots and the stuff that I've done. Like 
Alaska. We did this shoot for Red Bull in Alaska. And um and I was with uh, fuck I love him Anthony Sansoda he's still a, a, a Red Bull dude yeah, he, he yeah. actually does some moto online so I fucking love him and uh, he's done something to the gas in our motorhome so me and and Anthony are staying in this fucking motorhome in Alaska and I slept in my snowboard gear head to toe in sleeping bag because the gas went out we had no heat so we're in like minus forty something sleeping in snowboard snowboard boots the whole year just frozen man and i'm still you just compelled to go out there and you know i was i fell asleep in the in the snow trying to get a time lapse of the northern lights like there's just a weird thing and we obviously share yeah. and it's um yeah it's really no. cool so to sit here do the three hours and just no, it really awesome, bought right? a lot of you know really because t- you just don't stop and think a lot of it can i times, can right? i just sign off by saying i when i watch a lot of your podcasts and your and your your different personalities and some refined people some athletes and this and that and and i'm like wow they're pretty comfortable to be saying this shit on camera and i think it's like that's they don't even, it's like they don't even know they're on camera <laughs> and i've just for a few moments there just got so lost in it that i have forgotten that i'm on camera i was like oh there's no no there's no turning back now i've said it ah well now it's been great thanks for having us man i appreciate it i already can't wait for round two awesome thank you mate (laughs) oh you're the man brother wow that was full on appreciate it no i I, I, I,